podcast episode 40 and i am your guide pyromaniac mo give me a follow on twitter at pyromaniac mo all letters just as it sounds your intro music today was fish a band near and dear to my heart farmhouse was the song off of the self-entitled album which i believe came out with fish it's always crazy i believe farmhouse came out in 2099 first time i uh, re- really remember Farmhouse in concert was 10-10-99 at the Knickerbocker, which I think unfortunately is now called the Pepsi Arena. But uh, Dozen at the Nick, the famous dead show there, the Knickerbocker Arena. They played first set all Farmhouse stuff, which I really like. Uh, for those that don't know, Fish usually starts playing songs years before they put an album out. So they actually started playing Farmhouse in 97 it is one of the most beautiful songs. I really just, it moves my soul. I love it. As many of you know, I saw Fish recently, and it's near and dear to my heart. So I'm spreading the goo. It makes me move my hands and my feet, and I hope it does for you too. So I am joined today by my brother from another mother, Mr. D-Rex himself. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Mo, fired up to do the show with you. Let's uh drop some knowledge uh, and talk through and make some sick picks. Let's make it a bloodbath for our competition. And uh, just because I've been uh, black, uh, bald, black sheeped from the family, tell mom I say hi. Um, (laughs) Okay, well, I will pass it along uh, at the next family meeting. You know, we, it's, things are getting better. We can mention your name without mom throwing coleslaw. So (laughs) that is improvement from where we were two Christmases ago. Let's not go there. She always put too much mayonnaise in that, in that coleslaw. Uh, quick shout out to bloodlines. Been watching that on, uh, Netflix and that show is, wow, that's pretty, pretty crazy while you're talking about family dynamics. So do your thing. Let's, 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 uh. I'll let you kind of run the show, and uh, you know me, I'm used to running uh, the Pyro Podcast heavy, so I'm, yeah. uh, I'm excited to be a, a guest on, on this show, and we're going to have some fun. Well, normally I got an intro, and then it kind of leads into the guests. Of course, this is all the off-season fantasy football talks. Once we get going in-season, we got more of a regular formatted, regimented deal, uh, but tonight it's kind of a bit more freeform. Uh, what we're doing tonight is we're going to draft from the same team. We're going to do a mock draft, but D-Rex and I are going to draft from the same spot. So we're drafting using the Fantasy Draft Wizard from Fantasy Pros. We're going to draft from the same spot. So we're basically talking out who we would draft. Uh, and D-Rex might say, I like this running back. No, I like this wide receiver. So you're going to really get to hear the man behind the curtain. You're going to get to hear our thoughts as we draft 
on one team. So we've got one pick per round. We're going to hash it out. Hopefully it won't come to blows, but uh, hopefully you will be better for it. Now, just to explain, fantasy uh, draft wizard, you can rifle through a mock draft. They basically, you can pay and then you can have custom rankings put in and it changes it around for you, but essentially they use ADP. We are going uh, pretty standard, I say. We've got 16 rounds, or I'm sorry, 14 rounds. We are not doing a kicker in D. We got a quarterback. We've got two running back spots. We've got three wide receivers, a flex, which could be tight end, running back, or wide receiver, and we have one tight end. So we're just sort of ignoring the defense and ignoring the kickers. We've got a total of 14 spots. Now, before we really jump into that, that's what we're, we're setting out. That's the goal here. But of course, I don't get the privilege to talk to D-Rex as much and just kind of want to fill him in and you guys in. I was supposed to be jam-packed with podcasts in the last day and a half, really. Um, the, the technical gods hit me, D. Uh, I did a, a fantastic podcast with Jeff Ratcliffe. He is director of fantasy from Pro Football Focus. He also has a serious XM show. And, of course, we know him from uh, the PFF radio fantasy podcast, The Fantasy Slant, along with Pat Thorman, who's a, a good fish fan and a friend of this podcast. But, unfortunately, the, the audio gods did not want that one to come out. So I sheepishly emailed uh, Jeff Ratcliffe and said, hey, man, I'm, I'm totally sorry. God bless him, because he's going to come back and he's going to do it with me out of his own time. So, uh, folks out there, give Jeff Radcliffe a follow. Give him some love. He is at Jeff Radcliffe. That is at J-E-F-F-R-A-T-C-L-I-F-F-E. If you don't follow him on Twitter, he's fantastic. Follow him and do me a favor. Hit him up and just say, hey, um, heard the kindness you showed Pyromaniac Mo. Thank you. So, please give him a message from me, because he's really a kind, blessed man for doing what he is doing uh, just from my basic stupidity, essentially. So, D-Rex, I, I had to weather that storm. That was one of the worst emails I ever had to type, uh, sheepishly going up to Jeff, say, hey, we did a great show. Can we do it again? Because nobody's going to hear it. Well, it happened to me one time with Dog and Houdini. I think it was about three, uh, maybe four years ago. And I got the record down. Everything was recorded. But the edit somehow really got totally fucked. And I only I learned a real hardcore lesson on this day. I duplicate every file of a show that I do because something happened where when I was editing the show, all of a sudden it went haywire. The file got totally corrupt and I did not have a backup of it anywhere because I was directly putting it into, um, you know, my garage band. So now after I'm done with it, I'm pressing save, I duplicate the file, and then I edit the other one, and if something comes corrupt, something does any, I've got another bad daddy sitting right there. Uh, so I've been there before, but, you know, it sounds uh, fishy, so to speak. Ba -da -ba -bum. I like if it. If one of these mistakes would come uh, on the heels of, uh, of, a, of a West Coast San Francisco tour, I think there might be some stuff still in your in your in your in your bloodlines to use that right line again. <laughs> Lord knows, I had a good time. I 
Spent a week in San Francisco one night, as they say, and Lord knows it was fun. Uh, hey guys, before we get rocking, D-Rex and I are here to, to tell you about some of the cool stuff we got going on over at Pyro. Before we do, though, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It truly does help us get noticed. Here is a recent one from the 5th Down Fantasy Football. You guys are amazing. Always spin that fantasy football fire. Love the way you guys present the show. Uh, thank you, 5th Down Fantasy Football. In fact, those are uh, some of our friends, actually, from the FF Podcast Network. So if you want to check out their show and our show and a plethora of other ones, head on over to facebook.com forward slash FF Podcast Network. You can hear a bunch of great fantasy insight from a bunch of good fantasy shows. In fact, we are going to be releasing a show high noon this coming Sunday, last day of July. Basically, you get snippets of all of these really cool shows all bundled together, including us, including the Fifth Down Fantasy Football. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be fantastic. We're talking breakout players. Uh, stay tuned for that one. And D-Rex, I know you've been hard at work over on the other end of the lake there, Lake Michigan. Uh, what else we got going on at the, the pyromaniac.com site these days? It's really exciting. You know, we just launched this weekend version five of the uh, Pyro Fantasy Football Draft Kit. Best in the industry, 22 tabs. Nothing like it. You can use it in season. You can be using it before your drafts. We did version five. We released that on Saturday. Uh, big shout out to the whole Pyro team. Love you so much. Everyone's contributing so much to that. But that came out. Pick that up. We'll have two more versions before drafts. Uh, one in the middle, um, early 20s of uh, August, and then we'll have one probably the first week of September. And uh, buy this version, version 5, and you'll automatically get those two sent to your inbox when we release them. So pretty amazing stuff. I don't think there's any another draft kit that touches it. Pyro Pro, and man, we had a most successful day probably last two days. We've been humming on people buying these, so we're really excited about that. Um and then we'll talk a little bit during the show about some of the Pyro Pro stuff that we're putting up there. Uh, but you know how it is, man. This is this is peak moment for fantasy football. At this moment right now, we're sitting here on July 26, 2016. It's busier right now for our industry than it is uh, November 26th, in all honesty, yeah. in season. Uh, and it's just crazy the way that is. But I just think some people are either out of it. Some people just kind of stick with their teams. Uh, people go into hiding when it's the winter in certain areas. I don't know what it is, but the, the industry of fantasy football is, is, is literally uh, as hot right now as it is in, uh, definitely as it is in December. So it's exciting. You know, we got a ton of people hitting our site, ton of people buying our products and joining our premium package with Pyro Pro. And uh, the content we're delivering is humming. I, we posted a podcast yesterday for the pyro heavy the day before that you posted a pyro podcast light with our favorite guy dave t thomas um that quarterback tight end show is awesome so it's exciting yeah we got some cool stuff and of course we're gonna talk about that cool stuff uh throughout of course it, it, we're trying to pay the bills and we're trying to do this full time so if you like what you hear if we're helping you in fantasy and bring home the hardware at the end of the year kick back a little find some way to give to us write a review check out pyro pro uh, go on the website check out the draft kit and we would appreciate it and i know your fantasy football team will as well all right man your we are here your league won't appreciate it whatsoever which is damn that's true that's the whole deal 
let's let's scare the lights out of the rest of your league. Like, what the hell got into this guy? <laughs> yeah, uh, be testing you for uh, HGH in your in your league. See what's going on over there. Truly, got uh, th- this guy just turns it around all of a sudden. He's got some human growth hormone pumping through his veins. All right, folks. As I said, we're using the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard. We're gonna do a mock draft, and we're drafting from one spot, one team. Me and D. Uh, I ran it down before, but I'm running down again. 14 rounds. We are not doing kicker and D. And it's pretty much uh, PPR, full point PPR. We've got a quarterback we're starting, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, which would be running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Uh, that pretty much covers it. Plus, we got the bench spots, 14 rounds total. We are picking fourth. And D, I'm going to now just let me ask you, D, uh, your draft day, your high school league, or, or your longtime league. Give me a bit of a rundown. What do you bring? Are you one of those guys that show up with a, a, a lexicon file of magazines and post-it notes and all that kind of stuff? What's your draft prep look like? What do you walk to the table with? There's many things. I think the most important thing is showing up uh, before the, you know, in good time before the drafts starting. I try and get there a little early. I try and get uh, hunkered down on one of the better spots. In the, I know where we're going to be drafting, and I want a good table and a good workspace. So I, I try and uh, lock in on, on something where I can manage and pull a good draft together. I only bring a tier sheet. Uh, on this show, you're going to see um, you're going to be kind of the MC and the leader for the show, and I'm going to be running our uh, – it's actually my version of the tiers, which I know are different than yours, and we'll have the collective version of the tiers up on my screen as well. So – I just bring my tier sheet. I bring about a 12-pack of expensive beer, and I bring a lot of head games. And in general, <laughs> I have a good time. I don't barbecue for everyone. I'm not getting wasted uh, hours before the draft starts because a couple of my homies that I love drinking with are in town for the draft or people I don't see nearly enough are right around me. Um, but you know, if, if just in general, I've got a, uh, a Machiavellian kind of approach on draft day where I'm having fun, um, partying and hanging out with my boys. I'm giving people props. I'm giving people shit. But at the end of the day, uh, I got one task at hand and that's to walk out of that draft with the best team and uh, scaring the lights out of the rest of the people being like, ah, crap, D-Rex did it again. That my, my, my league mates don't call me D-Rex. They call me Noonan. Or Esser, or Rude Boy, or that's enough. Or the Shogun of Harlem, because you just are that badass. Holla for a dollar. Now, that's pretty much what I walk up with. I, I got my draft uh, tier sheet. I basically turn it into a scroll. I, I fit uh, my quarterback, my running back, my wide receiver, my tight ends all on an Excel, but I can print it all landscape view all on one sheet. And then I even cut the ends off and I tape it together. So it is one giant massive scroll that I just kind of fold every once in a while. That's all I've got. A pen and a highlighter. That's it. I highlight the names picked. I I write down. Now, if I'm in a spot like four or eight, and I can kind of, even in the middle, you're going to do more work. But I like to keep track of now, if you're on the computer, it's another thing. But I like to keep track, if I'm in a live draft room, of who the guy next to me is drafting. So if I'm on spot four, I want to keep track of spots one, two, and three. Did they take their quarterback already? Did they take the tight end? I mean, that kind of knowledge is going to give you a leg up. So I've got a highlighter for players picked. I've got a pen writing down 
the guy next to me, if I can, who they've drafted, and then who my team is, and that's what I do. That's about it. My scroll sheet, my tiers, that's what I we believe in at pyromaniac.com. Get all your work in, put the work in, put that work in your, your thought and comparing one guy over another at each position, having huge break-offs from tier to tier where you put a new tier and start a new tier for a guy that's significantly lower than the dude above him. If he's not significantly lower, he should be in the tier with the guy above him. Uh, but literally go one by one through quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers and say, if on the clock am I going to draft this player right here or am I going to draft this guy? And you do that one-on-one, -on -one and you say, I'm going to draft this guy. All right, he's one higher in the tiers. And I think just in general, one of the reasons why we're doing this mock draft right now is mocking all offseason leading up to your real dra drafts is the best way to, on the clock, when you're mocking, you're like, I had that guy five ahead of two other guys who were available, and I still took the other guy. After that mock, update your tiers and move the dude yep. that you just moved uh, five guys ahead of in the slot. Nothing wrong with it. Um, Move them higher. Just uh, on draft day, you should have done enough of this kind of pre-roll work that you're, you're going by your tiers, and you're not taking a dude that's lower uh, on the list uh, than a guy uh, a tier ahead of him or higher that's still available. Yeah, take notes, little arrows. I'm always uh, updating stuff in my phone to remind myself uh, the next time I sit down to do my adjustment. One thing, if you buy the draft kit, you'll notice on my personal tiers, I included the ADP. I put in parentheses which round they're going in. Um, that way, especially once you get into it, maybe you're at round nine and I really like a guy more than other people, but I see he's going round 12 but I really believe in him and I want to get him. Well, if I'm in round nine and I look on my tier sheet and I see he's going ADP round 12, I'm going to gamble. I'm going to roll the dice knowing that that guy's going to be there for me coming back where I might take a look and say, oh, geez, there's another guy that I, I like, but his ADP is round eight. There's no way he's going to be there for me when it comes back. The other guy probably will. So that's kind of a cool thing you can do with the tiers. You can uh, we, we put a little rookie sign for those that are rookies, so you can really make them your own. Uh, folks who bought the draft kit, the most recent version, version 5, you'll be able to see what I've done on mine. And you know what, man? We, we've talked it up so much, I'm all on Twitter. My, my hairs on my arms are standing on end, so let's get this puppy rolling. We are picking fourth, again, PPR. So, and I'm going to be the MC. I'm going to rely on D-Rex. He's going to kind of chart things. We're using his tier sheet. He's going to also check the consensus tiers for Pyro. Thus far, again, we're picking out of the fourth spot. This is full PPR. Thus far, we've got Antonio Brown, of course, who went off the board. Julio Jones went off the board. And David Johnson, D-Rex, David Johnson goes three. We got him in the Scott Fishbowl League at what, 17? 17 or 16, yeah. That's a super flex, so quarterbacks are elevated, but I couldn't believe we got him as late as we've we've done. Now, His ADP in that was, I think, seven when I looked. Yeah, we got our first two, Adrian Peterson and David Johnson. Not bad. Holla. Now, here, I would just say I know on my tiers, I know on my tiers I've got three wide receivers that are right up there. Uh, the other one in tier one besides Antonio Brown and Julio Jones is ODB. I would also even consider uh, A.J. Green, who I've got a little in my next tier, but I like both those guys. Certainly like ODB better. Are you feeling wide receiver here, D, or what are you thinking? I'm down with taking ODB for sure. ODBJ is is, is um, I would also, guys, just so you know, I'm, I would be 
I'd be de- totally down with taking Adrian Peterson as well. But I definitely think, um, you know, having, having Junior uh, on our team sounds like a great, great plan. And uh, I feel like there's some running back action we're going to be able to do later. Are you down, you want to go with that program? I do want to do it in doing all these MFL 10s that I've been doing. Yeah, you know me, except for week 16 last year when that (laughs) son of a biscuit was on my bench in my high school league and I lost by three points, but... Dan Nguyen. The doctor tells me not to be bitter. The Vietnamese geese. He got us in the Pyro Pro League in the championship week. He was able to snipe us. ODB was our a player we went after and we had on our team and he didn't play in our Pyro Pro Championship. The Vietnamese geese champion. Who knows what could have happened if uh, the um, old dirty bastard wouldn't have been such an old dirty d bag. Yeah, uh, I like Dan. He he talked some good stuff in the the Pyro Pro League last year. He he was a good sport, good guy. Love him. Here's here's what happened here, folks. Uh, we took ODB, so we, we could very well be going whatever you want to call it. Um, do the opposite, zero RB. Now, I've been noticing in my MFL 10s, as D-Rex is going to chart kind of uh, who we picked here and prep himself with another Valverde, I will say, of course, that I am going tonight with Shorts Brewery, Huma Lupa Licious. And of course, that's one of my main go-tos with Founders Centennial. Now, here's what has happened, right? We got Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, David Johnson went before us. Then we picked Odell Beckham Jr. Since then, Todd Gurley went, Lamar Miller, Adrian Peterson, Ezekiel Elliott, Eddie Lacy, Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Charles, Devonta Freeman. Those were the running backs that went down. More running backs than I have seen go lately, especially in PPR. The wide receivers that went, Hopkins, A.J. Green, Des Bryant, Allen Robinson. He went pretty high, too. I've been seeing him drop. Keenan Allen, Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans. I really like a Mike Evans. The only tight end to go was Rob Gronkowski. Back to us. So before I even kick it back to D, just want to tell you guys, I've been noticing if you're going wide receiver early and often, I tell you, I, I love the running backs. Fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, great running backs there. It kind of hits this spot for me, wide receivers. Uh, hits this spot right around fourth, fifth, sixth, where it's not as good. So I really do kind of like to be looking for running backs, fourth, fifth, sixth, kind of get some wide receivers before then. Although I don't subscribe necessarily to going overboard with zero RB. I do like to have one, but I really do like to load up with the wide receivers. I've been finding that's the way I'm going on my MFL 10s. Although sometimes I will have two running backs by the time uh, round five comes around. You you got to be like Bruce Lee, folks. You got to be flexible. He was not a master of one kind of kung fu. He mastered them all, so he could face any opponent. Same thing in your drafts. Be flexible. Now, they are suggesting on their cheat sheet, uh, using the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard, they are suggesting if we were looking at, say, running back, they got Mark Ingram, LaShawn McCoy. If we were looking at, say, wide receiver, highest ones there, Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, and D-Rex, what are you thinking? Uh, on our tiers, or which guy do you like? For sure, when I never go by ADP, or the, and I know you don't right. either. Uh, no. We're looking at that, and we're using that as the people we're going to plug into our queue and draft. But 
do not be the guy. Uh, when you're mocking, to go by your tiers, go by your rankings. When you're doing real drafts, do not even pay attention to what's going on there. It's actually good sometimes, uh, you know, you to to know at a overall situation who's high and whatnot. But I did a mock draft earlier today on this platform, and at the end, I got an F. And to be honest, <laughs> I was happy about it because I'm not yeah. going to be doing. I'm not drafting to appease the rankings of the site that I'm on, whether it's Yahoo, right. whether you're on. Real-time sports, whether you're on ESPN, whether you're here doing a mock on FantasyPros.com, you just I'm, I'm not I'm not drafting to appease and feel good about where they have things. We do know yeah. that these are expert rankings, and we are actually a part of these rankings. Pyro has two stag party, and our consensus tiers are are a part of the collective t- uh, rankings that make up this uh, rankings we're looking at. But uh, at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta come in with your own deal. Um, I think in general, I don't want to go by who they like, uh, which is that if we're gonna do uh, wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey, I'd be more apt to my highest guy would be probably a Brandon on my sheet is Brandon Cooks. Collectively, uh, Jeffrey is higher than Cooks in our collective. Uh, I just can't go right now on a guy. That's I think is definitely going to be injured, and there's he's already complaining about his contract where he, he's making almost fifteen million dollars a year. The team's saying they don't think he's a one. I'd rather have I'd rather go later and and get a a white, the other side of of that yeah. wide receiver situation than an Alshon. So, but that doesn't mean I'm locked in on wide receiver. Are you locked at wide receiver? If you want to go there, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, I would I would certainly. Uh, be interested in in uh, probably Doug Martin from the running back side of things. Uh, Doug Martin, my highest guy. Here's the thing I've been seeing in MFL tens are also three wide receivers and then a flex. There is a, this premium at wide receiver, and I've been feeling as though if I don't grab some early wide receivers, like I say, once it hits round four, round five, they really, you hit this sort of patch of guys that I just don't really like. And I don't like the way my roster construction fizzles out if I'm not grabbing guys real high. And I didn't see one of my favorites sort of fall if, you know, if a Lamar Miller falls or something, or like when uh, David Johnson fell to us, I really like that. So I personally, I probably have Alshon Jeffrey, the highest of the pyro guys, uh, but I like a Brandon Marshall. I like a Brandon Cooks. If you look at Cooks, his last eight games last season, he turned it on. He was phenomenal uh, in his last eight games um, of the regular season, or I guess from, from week eight on, he was outstanding. Now, remember, we are playing uh, full point PPR. Brandon Cooks from week Eight on full point PPR was the eighth best, eighth best at his spot. Uh, I think that's just phenomenal. So I would totally go with him, and I think that's where we're gonna pull the trigger. What do you say? Let's do it. And you know, I was hoping that it Evans would get back, but it's yeah, not gonna too. happen. And I agree with you. If if there's uh, if there's another running back that's really gleaming, and Doug Martin's not that guy for me, so I'm all for it. Let's let's do it, Cooks. Thanks for conceding a little bit. I know you're a Jeffries guy, and with us being a united force here, I think in general, and for those of you out there that do have a team with a partner, 
you know, sometimes you just gotta, you, you, you open up a little bit and you say, Hey, get me on the flip side. Yeah. And it, you mentioned Mike Evans. He's one of the guys, oh man, I, I would take him as a, as a one. I'm far happier if I can get a Mike Evans to fall. I was just in an MFL 10 where I did have Mike Evans fall. He is my second uh, wide receiver. I'm so happy with that league. I think I've got David Johnson or it's either David Johnson, Lamar Miller. Uh, and then I want to say I've got, maybe it's Dez and then Mike Evans, but I love a Mike Evans. He is going to have a phenomenal season. He only had, I think three touchdowns. He was one of the 12 receivers or one of the 12 pass catchers that had 25% of the team's market share of those guys that averaged over 25% of the market share, the average touchdown was nine. This guy had, I think, three. So he is going to have some positive regression. Second year with Jameis Winston, they're going to be cranking it up. More chemistry and positive regression is going to happen. He was a double-digit touchdown guy his first season. That's going to happen again. All right, so we took Brandon Cooks. Alshon Jeffrey goes right after that. And then the other wide receivers that went were Zamari Cooper, Brandon Marshall, Demarius Thomas, who he went early round three. I haven't seen him even fall later, but getting some value with Demarius Thomas. Yep. Doug Martin and Mark Ingram were the two running backs that have gone. So it's starting to even out a little bit. Still only uh, Gronk's the only tight end. We are pick four round three. No quarterbacks have gone. D-Rex, he's the one that's kind of charting everything. Uh, what are you thinking? Now, on our consensus, or even on your tiers, throw out a couple of wide receivers and throw out a couple of running backs. Who are we looking at? T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins are the two guys that are in Tier 3 that are available. Uh, then you get Tier 4 is the Macklin, the Landrys. So um, I'd be down with doing a Sammy and then trying to play the game where maybe we could get a Moncrief later, or I'm down with going in on a running back right now uh again it's 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 a little bleak but uh what do you what are you thinking should we go Sammy well, Watkins and hope that like a a Jones or a Rawls or a Matthews or someone like that comes back to us or well, should we go in and get a, get a running back and then kind of maybe focus in on more of a Moncrief uh Treadwell Kevin White kind of scene in the next you see, that's I, I might be inclined to go running back here. You get a little bit more of the balance. Now, as you said, T.Y. Hilton, hey, man, I'm on record saying I think Moncrief is going to get the most fantasy points there. Uh, if you want to know why, listen to the uh, <laughs> the podcast that I did with Jeff Ratcliffe that no one will hear. Or great. listen listen to the sample show that I'm going to be sending out high noon this Sunday, but a couple of points on Moncrief. He's the only wide receiver over six feet tall there with luck last year and luck seven games, 33% of his touchdowns went to Moncrief. If you extrapolate that out over the season, that would have been double digit touchdowns. As long as that happens again, and they don't really have a running back, a red zone running back. They got gore. He, he's old. I don't think they're going to really be able to run it. It's going to be like a Jacksonville last year. They didn't trust Yeldon in the red zone, and those guys blew up with touchdowns. I think Moncrief could be this year's Decker or this year's Hearns. So I'm willing to wait on a Decker, or I'm sorry, I'm willing to wait on a Moncrief. I think that's where you're going to find value over Hilton. And I do would say LaShawn Le McCoy is probably my highest on my tiers for standard. 
However, I do love me some C.J. Anderson, but what about like a Dion Lewis, a PPR? Yeah. I, I see D-Rex is wincing a little bit. It's, it's, if, he's just an injured – he's another guy where I just like this is our third pick, and it's just a guy that's just going to be injured, I feel like. I think LaShawn and Dion Lewis are, are both in that, in that range to me. Uh, but, yeah, let's look and see what – for me – Guys that I'm high on running back right now are McCoy's there. Uh, DeMarco's a little bit ahead of him. Forte's there. I love a Matt Jones. Um, I think that's early for those guys. Who's your but, highest but, wide but receiver? admit that if we liked them and we agreed on them, uh, that they're not oh, coming yeah. back. No, because we're the fourth pick third round, so we've got quite a ways to go uh, before we do come back. So, so why don't we why don't we go in and grab a who so who do you like the most? You want McCoy? I do like a McCoy. Besides Hilton, what who is a couple wide receivers we have Sammy up there? Watkins, boy, uh, you know I like Landry, Moncrief, like, Macklin, Kevin White. That's kind of the zone. I think we could even wait on a White. I really do like White. Could could be one of the best wide receivers in this year's crop. He could out. Uh, perform this year's rookies but i'm happy with the mccoy i'm happy with watkins i i like both and to be honest maybe i like watkins more we secure our three wide receivers and i know we're gonna hit this running back patch coming up where i like a lot of the guys let's do it you want to do let's do a sammy watkins and i'm still not scared if we feel like moncrief comes back around i'm not scared of going with that again you know it's, it's just how many, yeah. three wide receivers and a, um, how many flex? Correct. One flex. One so flex. we could be rolling, run and shoot. Yeah. We could get four wide receivers. I like locking up our three wide. You don't have to think about it. Wide receivers are going at a premium. And like I said, there hits this spot right about where we're about to come. There hits this spot, eh, middle around four, round five, where wide receivers just hit a patch that I am not happy with. and running backs really start to turn to gold. So on our team thus far, we went three wide receivers. So we're doing the famed zero RB, at least thus far. Paul Chargian would has long since called it do the opposite. And we got Odell Beckham Jr. We got Brandon Cooks. We got Sammy Watkins. From the third round on, fourth pick, third round, we took Sammy Watkins. The wide receivers that went after Watkins, Julian Edelman, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, Randall Cobb, Golden Tate, got some news there with uh, Bolden signing with Detroit. Golden Tate and Bolden uh, run roughly right in the same neighborhood uh, as far as their average depth of target. I wrote it down earlier, yeah. Golden Tate's average depth of target last year was 5.8. Bolden, 8.2. Marvin Jones, 12.8. So I really think Detroit drafted Bolden as more of a locker room guy but I don't think he's going to eat into Marvin Jones' numbers. And Tim Twentyman talked about uh, Marvin Jones getting more targets than most people are picking. He could see it being a neck-and-neck neck with Golden Tate. But you know I'm a Notre Dame guy. I'm also a Detroit guy. So to recap again, Sammy Watkins, Edelman, Hilton, Landry, Cobb, Golden Tate, Calvin Benjamin, Jeremy Macklin. The running backs that have gone since we took uh, Sammy Watkins with the third pick, or the third round, the running backs, McCoy, LaShawn, 
CJ Anderson, who I do like, Carlos Hyde, who I do not, Matt Forte, who has never finished outside of the top 12 in PPR, and Deion Lewis. There's my guy. I like Deion. Now, we've also seen some other positions start to go. Of course, Gronk went uh, tail end of round one. We also just saw Jordan Reed go, and then Olsen went right behind him in the fourth. We also saw our first two quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has been taken off the board, and Cam Newton. Now, here's the spot where I really start to look more at running backs. We have our three wide receivers, but we could certainly start another one because it's a flex. But here's the spot where I really do start to look at running back. Um, D-Rex, throw out a couple running backs we've got on our charts and even even some wide receivers. Same, same highest guy for me, uh, top of tier three is DeMarco Murray. My guys are Matt Jones, Rawls, Ryan Matthews, Latavius Murray, Jeremy Hill are, is in the discussion there. Um, and then obviously there's a Gore and a Stewart, but I, I, I think we could still probably wait and maybe score a Gore later. Uh, as far as wide receivers, um, you know, Moncrief's the highest guy I got, then White, Devonta Parker, Treadwell. Did Jordan Matthews already go? Oh, um, he's available. He's um, available. So you got that. Yeah, I'm not going to look at tight end. The I, I like. I'm not scared to grow Olsen or Reed in this part, but they went a little bit higher. Um, I got luck real high. Not saying that we need to go quarterback with the depth there, but um, those were those are the things I would consider. So if you're thinking running back in this situation, if that is what you're thinking, what are your thoughts on a Demarco, a Rawls, or a Jones, or who do you who do you really cover right now? Well, uh, the two names I wrote down for wide receiver would be Moncrief and White. Now, White, I know we could wait. I'd be willing to bet we yep. could wait. Moncrief, man, I've Lord knows I've been talking him up, but he's been creeping up boards. So here's the deal, though. We are coming back on uh, the we're coming back on the fourth. So we are only going to have six picks between us and the next time. Whoever is drafting first, he has all wide receivers. There's another team that has two wide receivers. So even though Moncrief's been going, we might even be able to gamble there and take a Moncrief on the way back. For sure. So if you look at those three teams that are going to draft after us and before us, right, the six spots on the loop around, they only have three running backs, and they've got six wide receivers. Chances are running backs are going to go more I would think at this turn. So I would think if we're going to go running back, I would think it'd be now would be the time to take him. I think we can wait on a ride receivers. Agreed. The running backs I wrote down, I do like a Rawls. I'm concerned we haven't heard, we, we've heard mum. We've heard nothing from camp. Haven't heard much there. Of course, they drafted, I believe, three uh, running backs, two that certainly are, are pushing for time with um, ProSice and, uh, is it Williams? Another guy, I'm forgetting his name. I also like Latavius Murray. I do love me some Ryan Matthews, and I do like Matt Jones. Um, I guess my order would for running backs, I'd probably say Ryan Matthews, Latavius Murray, Rawls, and then Jones. You don't like DeMarco, huh? Not a big DeMarco fan. Okay. I am not. I just, I know they want to run exotic Smash Mouth. However, I got to tell you, they're uh, actually, I'm gonna, I'll bring this up later, but they're not picked to win many. So I think even though they want to go run, they're not going to be able to. The game script is going to make them throw. And from what I saw from DeMarco last year, uh, 
I just didn't like it. Ryan Matthews running behind the same line, averaged 5.1. DeMarco Murray couldn't even get to four. So Here's what I'm going to suggest. I think we take Rawls now, hope that Matt Jones comes back to us in the six picks, and then we probably miss out on a Moncrief. I don't love that. but And then the next round, I think we can still land a white. I like that. Now, I would push for uh, Moncrief, but let's see what happens. The one thing that's intriguing, since we're talking it out, and this is the benefit for the listeners. I mean, we're not playing this league, but the one thing that intrigues me about Latavius is Pro Football Focus has them on paper as the highest line. Now, they just, if you add up the grades that each offensive lineman has, they edge out Dallas by a hair. Now, collectively, Pro Football Focus ranked them number two, but on paper, Oakland has their highest grade. I think that's going to bode well for Latavius. DeAndre Washington doesn't scare me as much. I think that team is is on the upswing. They've got a fantastic defense. So I I do like a Latavius, and I know Oakland doesn't. It, it seems as though they don't. They gave him, out of team percentage, inside the 20 and inside the 10, he had the highest team percentage out of any other team in the NFL of carrying the ball inside the 20 and inside the 10. Didn't have the most attempts, but team percentage, they gave him the rock inside the 20 and the 10. So I'd re- I, I'm not I'm not that all in on Latavius to be honest. I'm I'm just throwing out there I, some I, of the I good like, points. I know I I think he's I think he's solid, but I'm gonna I need to really see him do it. It's just I in this I, I don't know I'm not I'm not all I'm not all down with that program. Uh, you said you liked a Rawls. I like a Matthews. Yeah. I like a Jones here. If you're out on Mar- Murray, I can handle that. Uh, I like a Jeremy Hill. Me, uh, well, Hill, Hill and Latavius are, are, are neck and neck for me, but I like a Rawls or a Matthews more. And I think we can wait and get Jones with the next pick. And then all of a sudden we got two running backs. And then I think there's plenty of wide receiver action we can do for that flex. And we've got a great, we got a pretty solid running back situation too. Instead of just going right to our fourth wide receiver. Yeah, and the nice thing about what you're suggesting there is, once you lock up the three wide receivers and then you lock up your two running backs, then you can take the highest wide receiver or the highest running back. You're you're not um, shoehorned into one or the other, right? So that that's a good plan. And and we can be we can pounce early on a tight end and a quarterback if that's what we want as well. We kind of locked down the, those two positions. And let's be honest, uh, the second half of this draft plucking wide receivers and running backs that are values and ADP, uh, you know, awesome. We can, we can make some damage. So that would be what I would say. I'd say, let's take a Rawls, hope for the best or a Matthews. If you love a Ryan Matthews more. I do love a Ryan Matthews. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do Ryan Matthews. Cause I know you really loved Matt Jones. I'm sure we'll be I'm I like the, willing to bet. I, I we're going to go. If Matthews plays, and I've said this so many times on second opinions for pyro pro uh, members that asked us direct questions, people on uh, Facebook for pyro, it's facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac.com. I think we do a great job there. Um, and then the pyromaniac non your account is P Y at P Y R O M A N the number one, a C. Uh, we get so many people uh, bringing up just certain players and certain questions, and uh, it, my response always is going to be on a on a Matthews. If this guy plays 14 games, 
he's top ten. If this guy plays every game, he's top five. If 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 he this could be that year where he pulls it all together. And at the same time, though, when he gets injured and he bang, gets banged up on you, if that so be it happens this year, don't be pissed because he knew it. Here's the thing. Uh, I wasn't speaking get, to you. I was speaking right, to a, right. a, a, a drafter or a lover of him. And, and I'm with you. And with Rawls, I mean, hey, he's injured too. The way Rawls plays, he's not going to finish a whole slate. That's one of the reasons I love the guy is because he, he, he doesn't run out of bounds. He's said he's not that type of player. He sees it as kind of that weakness, that old school mentality uh, where you, you, you don't run out and you try to lay some punishment on the tackler. Uh, that's the type of guy Rawls is. He's going to get injured. Ryan Matthews is going to get injured. But the thing I like about Matthews, I said it before, he was running behind a very subpar line and average just over five yards of carry, average almost 5.1. The other two backs on the team, Sproles, who's a pass catcher, and DeMarco, they could not get to three, or they couldn't get to four. The one was three six, one was three eight. I think that bodes well for him. Also, one of the things on Pro Football Focus I find very useful is points per snap and points per opportunity. You can really find breakout players the next season. Ryan Matthews, points per snap and points per opportunity was like top five. Once you get above, you know, so many carries, 50 carries, he's like top five. He was phenomenal with the efficiency. Another metric for you data heads out there on number fire. They have the uh, efficiency. The grade efficiency for Ryan Matthews is fantastic. Okay, so let's recap. We picked Ryan Matthews. Then, of course, who has gone from there? The only wide receiver that went was Eric Decker. Then, of course, we've got Latavius Murray, Thomas Rawls. He was the two running backs. We were talking about both those guys. The two tight ends, Delaney Walker, Travis Kelsey, went back to back. Then Drew Brees. So it's back on us. We are going to think about that, and we're going to tell you our thoughts. But first, folks, if you've been listening to the light, you know that I like to do a little trivia. So D-Rex, I don't want to get you all on Twitter here, my friend, but... You could be playing for a one-way trip to beautiful Uzbekistan if you can answer all my trivia questions tonight. So, in 2016, the Carolina Panthers scored a total of 500 points. They led the league. But I want to look at the other end of the spectrum, talking the bottom of the barrel. There were a total of five teams that failed to put up 300 points. So we're talking the five lowest scoring NFL teams last year. Just talking straight points, not fantasy. Five lowest scoring teams. If you can name three of the five that did not get to 300, you can progress to the next round. So folks at home and D-Rex, I want you to think about that while you listen to this. We will be right back. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. Hey, remember, head on over to pyromaniac.com. We got our draft kit on sale for only 20 bones, over 20 tabs of mass destruction. No reason to wait. Purchase your draft kit now. You're automatically going to get every version sent to you upon release. Before we went to commercial, I asked the question to D-Rex and the listening audience at home. There were five teams last year that did not get to 300 points, so these are the lowest scoring NFL teams. Can you name three, D-Rex? What do you think? Who were the, some of the lowest scoring teams last year? Give me three of the five. I think I got it, but I could be off on uh, one of them. I'm going to go 
th- last year the St. Louis Rams. Now they're Los Angeles. I'm going to go with Cleveland Browns, and I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. The five lowest. You got two of the three. No. You got the Rams, 17.5 points a game, only 280. You got the Browns, 278. Texans. God damn it. The Texans were better. So the, the uh, bottom of the bunch – Goodness gracious, 14.9 points per game. The 49ers, above them was the Cowboys. Then we got the Browns, you got the Rams, and the Titans, uh, 18.7, which brings you up to 299. Those are the five teams that failed to put up 300 freaking points. The 49ers, we're talking barely over two touchdowns a game. That's not good if you are in the Bay Area. Oh, sad. I'm a, not, you right, know I'm a Niner fan. Yeah, they're going to be facing some heavy passing games this season. All right, guys, to recap, thus far we went wide receiver for our first three rounds. Odell, Brandon Cooks, Sammy Watkins. Then we picked our first running back, Ryan Matthews. We talked about Thomas Rawls and Latavius Murray, and both of them went. Remember, we're picking at the fourth spot, so we got six picks in between our next one. Thomas Rawls, Latavius Murray went. Only two running backs that went. The only two uh, tight ends were Travis Kelsey, Delaney Walker, and then you got one wide receiver in Eric Decker, one quarterback in Drew Brees. We were talking about taking our next running back spot. Uh, what do you think? Matt Jones is still available. That's your guy. I love a Matt Jones here. If you really were just uh, heart, just had to have your Moncrief, I would do it. But I feel like we can still get some good. What, what 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 do you what do you I still feel like maybe a white can come back to us as I said a, a round ago. Um, what do you want to do? I I don't want to I don't want to well, over over be overbearing here. Amon Creeps the highest guy I've gotten wide receivers with a Kevin White, Parker, Treadwell, Jordan Matthews, Floyd following, and then Matt Jones my highest guy at running back with a Jeremy Hill, Stuart Gore. Uh, in that fourth tier for me. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say, I would probably go Moncrief if it were just me because I love the guy. I have Moncrief belief. Now, running back, I, I kind of like this idea because we would lock up our three starting wide receivers. We would lock up our two starting running backs. If we went with the running back, I just quickly took a look at my tiers and this is PPR. I do like a Matt Jones. W- what about a Danny Woodhead? Do you like a Danny Woodhead above a Matt Jones in PPR at the fifth, uh, fifth round? Or do you still hold out with Matt Jones? I don't, I, you know what? I'm one of those guys that doesn't change my whole belief unbelievably especially for the first uh part of the draft uh whether i i i don't want a woodhead over um i like woodhead when i was getting him at a value pick but that doesn't mean i'm willing to go with a moncrief here what about you know a fleener is a guy i'm high on uh, Ertz. those are two of the tight ends that are kind of left um i think we can wait on them but I would be honest that tier two, I've got Fleener and Ertz, and I, I do find it maybe Eifert slips because of his injury, but for me, after Eifert and uh, the two prior, prior mentioned guys, I think it's a it's a serious fall off. Um, there's a lot of great options, and that's awesome for us. Look, we're at our fifth pick, and I'm not feeling dreaded at all. If I was without no. you, 
DeMarco Murray is still available. I would feel like a kid in a candy shop where I've got DeMarco Murray leading my tier three and grabbing him at this point. That's not going to happen but because um, you, you're not into him. But I like a Matt Jones. I like a Jeremy Hill. Uh, if you want Moncrief, great. But I feel like a more well-rounded team can come from anything other than the uh, position we have three of our four slots in. Uh, yep. As much as I like Moncrief myself, I, I love that value. Um, so I'd say either we go Moncrief and see if a Matt Jones flies back to us, or we do a, a Matt Jones and see if a Kevin White comes back to us, uh, or a Fleener next round. Yeah, see, I really do like a Fleener. I, I like a Fleener a lot this year, except there's so many tight ends that you can get later. Antonio Gates, he's going to score a ton of touchdowns. I love Dwayne Allen. I like a lot of late-round tight ends, um, I, I but I do like Fleener. I think he's creeping into my top six, maybe seven, top six. He He's right up there for me. Yeah, I've got him at five. I think we yeah. can wait on Fleener. I hope we can. Uh, so... I'll let you make the decision. If you want your Moncrief, uh, I think, you know, it puts us up in it. That gets us more in the, uh, uh, you know, Giovanni Bernard LeGarrette Blount is our number two running back, uh, which isn't great. And I I've think- heard some talk about Blunt. I uh, heard some talk about Camp that uh, people are saying he might be roster bubble. Just heard this the other day. Also, Interestingly enough, Sigmund Bloom dug this up. He looked at the contract for, and that can often give you some insight, unless it's a rookie contract, but uh, it can often give you some insight as to the comfort level and how much a team is going to use a guy, how much uh, confidence they have in a guy. He and Donald Brown, who's also on the team, basically making the same contract, except Brown is guaranteed more money than Blunt, which does not really bode well. Uh, I do like Blunt. No, you know what I mean. I, I, I'm not saying Blunt. I'm just saying in that zone. We're gonna yes, yes. we're gonna have our our RB two is gonna be that kind of guy. Right. You brought him brought him up and I just had heard the news yeah. recently, so I just wanted to relay it to the pyromaniacs out there. I do will say I love Blunt in a best ball format. You don't have that headache of knowing when to start and am I gonna have it on a wild bill running week or a wild bill passing week? You don't have that headache. I say honestly I, I say we go running back here. Matt Jones. Okay, I was gonna say honestly, I wanna go Montreal. Okay, then do it. Then do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Got all it. right. Let's do it, man. I, I totally believe in Moncrief. I do. You know what? I'm all about it. Me and Stag Party did a show yesterday with drafting. It's called The Art of the Draft for Pyro Heavy, uh, episode 234. And I cannot condone bludgeon this enough. You need to have guys you love. You got to have yeah. dudes on your team that you covet. And if, if if you're not feeling one dude, you gotta grab the guy you are feeling, and it's just it's it's crucial, crucial stuff. Ooh, leaner. In particular, where we were drafting, because we were this is round five, so we were the fourth pick around five. We had what another roughly I don't know sixteen picks between us and the next pick. So I you know a guy like Moncrief wasn't going to be there, and for me. I'm going to reach for a guy. If I can have him, if I there are a handful of guys that I want on my team, I'm going to be disappointed if they're not on my team. I don't care if everyone in the draft room says, dude, you're reaching early, man. You could have waited. I don't care because they're not going to be with me on Sunday, week in, week out, when I'm cheering for my guy. That makes it more 
fun. And by God, if you believe in a guy and he does well, oh man, there was nothing like picking a guy, riding your horse, and riding it to glory. Being there to say, I told you so. So we went ahead and took a Moncrief. Little point of contention there. Not really, well, but we talked about, okay, contention, a bad word, point of interest for the listeners. Can you go running back? Can you go wide receiver there? We went with my guy, Moncrief. After that, the wide receivers off the board, Doug Baldwin, Jordan Matthews, Larry Fitzgerald, Tyler Lockett, John Brown, who I do like. Wow, interesting. John Brown went before Michael Floyd, right before him. Then we had Emmanuel Sanders and Devontae Parker. The tight ends that went, Tyler Eifert, Zach Ertz, Kobe Fleener went two before us. Running backs, DeMarco Murray, he was the next one off the board. My guy, Danny Woodhead, went. And then a Duke Johnson. I do like a Duke Johnson a lot. They've been singing his praises in Cleveland. Uh, you saw what Hugh Jackson did uh, with Cincinnati, the two Thunder and Lightning running backs. I think he can kind of do the same with Duke Johnson and Crowell in Cleveland. Uh, then you had the two quarterbacks, Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. Round five. So now, round five. Within five picks, three Arizona wide receivers go. Larry Fitzgerald being the first. Three, three picks later, John Brown. Then after that, Michael Floyd. That's the kind of situation that I stay away from, just so you know. You know, I almost like what Stag Party kind of, because I just looked at my uh, Arizona wide receiver rankings. I've got them, I think, eight spots. 24, 26, and 31, roughly about right there. Heck, why not take the value? Fantasy football is about value. It's not about just always getting the best guy, but where you can get them. So maybe take the last wide receiver off the board. Maybe that's the value. All right, kiddo. We got we got our wide receivers locked up because we can do the run and shoot. We got our three, and then you can start a, a flex. So we've got Odell Beckham. We've got Brandon Cooks. We've got Sammy Watkins. We got Dante Moncrief, and then in round four, we took Ryan Matthews as our only running back. Personally, uh, if we're looking to flex, we could still do, you can do a tight end flex, and you can do a running back. Of course, we've got that other running back spot. So unless there's real extreme screaming value at tight end or quarterback, I would probably wait here, and I would really look to the running back spot. What say you, sir? Me too. The guy that we we said when 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 I said go Moncrief, I think, and hope Jones can come back. He's still available. I think we've gone. I like Jones. I'm probably higher on him than most guys, but he's still around. I think right now, I think that's a great value pick for us to get in our sixth uh, with our sixth pick. We get a guy that I think uh, that I have ranked as my 15th uh, running back, and he's which running back to go? Um, hmm, they don't order it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I can look at the cheat sheet. You don't, you don't have to, but he's, he's, he's coming at an 80. He yeah. was 25th. 25th. And where do you running where, back to do you go? Know, uh, uh, I do. Uh, personally, now, of course, he's 25th in uh, PPR, although he doesn't, he probably falls a little bit in PPR. Uh, he's probably ranked higher in standard. I have Matt Jones, if my numbers are correct, and they might be a little off, I've got him probably right around 22. And uh, the collective is him at 21. So we're getting a value when we're taking him where we just took him. We 
I would have been open to taking him around earlier. And that's why you mock where you can see uh, the way that guys you're high on. It's better not to go three rounds too early. It's okay to go two rounds too early. But if you go one round too early or actually you just keep holding off and going other rounds and they still fall to you, happens all the time. Bites you in the ass sometimes and you're bummed out. But I like what we just uh, achieved there. I like our running back situation. Totally. And that is why you mock. That is why you write down ADPs. Uh, I like to even do my ADP based on uh, where I'm drafting. So if my high school league, for example, of course, we always switch it every freaking year. I don't know why, but I think last year we did ESPN. So I wrote down the, the rankings of ESPN because those are the guys that were spread out across the country. You pull up a computer screen. The average Joe is looking at the suggested order. So I write down the suggested order and which round they're going in. I don't get hung up with which pick, but it gives me a rough idea if I can gamble and wait on a guy or if I need to, you know, shoot my wad and grab a guy now because he's not going to be there on the way back. Good point. And something uh, Staggs brought up that I thought was a great point in yesterday's uh, show was the fact that if you're mocking uh, for a specific league that you're in, go to that league's mock drafting boards. So if you're on Yahoo, do Yahoo. Obviously, uh, they, they aren't around early in the offseason, uh, right after the Super Bowl. They kind of, a lot of these mocking uh, companies kind of put themselves on hold till the ADP and the rankings are put into place. But if you're doing uh, ESPN League, go and mock there because that list, that draft board, those guys that you're going to pick, pick from your queue are going to actually be reflective of what your competition for that league will be seen. And if you're a Pyro listener, you're not going to be one of those guys that's going by the rankings and the ADP within the draft board of the site you're on. But if you're probably a handful and more than half of your league uh, in many cases, they really do look at that sort of stuff. I've got a guy in yep. my league that came in second place last year, and he told me, he's like, I went by the Yahoo rankings. It's like, ugh. All right. Well, that, that's exactly what I do. Now, the ones that I put on version five, the ADPs were from Fantasy Football Calculator. Now, if honestly, if I'm going to an ESPN league and I'm going to go ahead and just add this to the draft kit, I'm going to put up there, hey, this is what the ADP was on this date. You'll be able to use it. I don't have to do much. My rankings are the same. I just got to change that little number by each guy because that's where they're going. And I do change it. If I'm drafting on NFL.com, that is a different list. You're going to be looking at round 10. You're going to be looking at a different list of running backs than you are on ESPN <clears throat> because the rankings are different. The average Joe they use those rankings. That's where I'm getting a leg up because I know which guys I can wait, which guys I need to pull the trigger on now. Again, check out version five of the draft kit. Uh, you can see exactly what I've done. I'm going to continue to doctor that bad boy up. We've got a little R stamped by the rookies. So you know which guys are rookies. So you don't want to have too many of them. I mentioned this before, but since 2009, 2009 to 2015, I looked at end of the season, the top 24 running backs, the top 24 wide receivers. We're talking 48 spots. 3.4 are rookies. Don't drink that rookie Kool-Aid. There's some other stuff I do. So we're going to do the rookies for you. I'm going to put which round the ADP is. But even like if a guy wants to be handcuffed, if, uh, if they want to handcuff, oh, let's say McKinnon with AP. So if I draft AP, which we did in Scott Fishbowl, we came back, we got McKinnon later. I put a little sign there to let me know, hey, 
I'm going to want to come back and grab the handcuff. There's all kinds of neat little things you can do to your tiers. Check out what I've got on version 5. That will give you an idea. All right. And checking out Stiff Kitties, who I want to give a quick uh, shout out and, uh, and a heartfelt uh, uh, love fest to. Stiff Kitties, his uh, tiers I put up last weekend. And he goes crazy. He's got the red zone in there. He's got all this kind of granular stuff. I like to keep it simple and all those, all that information. I like to buy weeks being there. I like what you're doing with the ADP. I like certain things like that and handcuffs for guys. But in general, I like to keep it real. I like to use those qualifications for when I'm creating my tiers, but I don't right. want to have to think within thinking. Uh, but to give a quick shout for Stiff Kitties. Um, basically he's a guy that's been helping us out a lot undercover kind of boy in the attic kind of guy that does a lot of stuff for us, um, for the draft kit. And if you're a pyro pro member, you'll see the news feeds, stiff kitties writes a ton of news feeds every week. And he's just a guy that's been a fan of pyro and the podcast and, uh, our site and our products for a long time. And he's going through a rough time right now. He's actually taking a little, uh, break to go spend some time with his mother who is sick, very sick. And he basically said, uh, I'm leaving LA. I'm going to go say hi and hang out with my mom for a bit. I'll be around to help out here and there when I need to change the pace and to clear my mind. But in general, he, he kind of is under the assumption that this is going to be the last time he's going to ever spend with his mother. So what I will say to you, Stiff Kitties, is we appreciate everything you do. Spend all the time you need to with your family. Family comes first. And we're sorry to hear about this news. You're a great man. Uh, do what you got to do. And uh, everyone here on the show, me and Mo and all the pyros, uh, we're banding together with a fist pump for you and um, firing it up for you. And, and you're, you and yours are in our thoughts. Yeah, I'll keep you in uh, my prayers, my thoughts. And a good reminder to us all how fragile the fragility of life. And uh, my dad, when he was a teacher, he gave homework assignments to his students. They were fifth, sixth grade. One of the homework assignments was to go home and tell your parents you love them. And basically, because that you don't know, I talked about it in one of the past episodes, my brother being taken from me very early, uh, it can strike like that. And you have no idea when it's coming, and, and that's just how life is. Uh, however, the assignment was given after my brother died, because my dad knew how fragile life was, that if you tell somebody you love them, then they know because, boy, you don't want to have it be that if, uh, something does strike. You don't want to have it eating at you. Boy, uh, did I? Did they know I love them? Uh, that's a, a simple thing that can make somebody feel better. It can make you feel better. And, boy, we, we need a little bit of love and understanding in this world, not more um, bridge, uh, not more fences and not more unfamiliarity and not more fear. We need more love, more light, uh, more understanding, more open arms, as opposed to uh, furrowed brows and enclosed fists. Make, so Stiff Kitty and everyone else, uh, give some love. Make love, not war, except for on draft day and when you're trying to whoop the crap out of the rest of your league mates. Uh, but yeah, well said. Well said, uh, Mo. Let's go on. I think uh, basically we took Matt Jones, Alan Hearns went next, then Giovanni Bernard, then Jeremy Langford. I'm crossing these guys off. Uh, Gio is gone. Wow, we still got value. Um, Michael Crabtree, at wide receiver. Kevin White, we knew we weren't going to get back to him. That's, yeah. that's fine. We got Moncrief. We do not yep. need to worry about wide receiver for yep. a handful of rounds here. We would, be, we would be doing ourselves a disservice and looking at the, at the guys here 
we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we keep looking at wide receiver. Uh, now, Jeremy Hill's still available. Jonathan Stewart, Frank Gore, all of these guys for me are top 20. Uh, Gore's 21, uh, which is unbelievable. And if I'm wrong, and I just have done a bad job crossing. So we did the right thing. We locked down our wide receiver position, and I still would be happy as a clam with those guys. Ivory is in the, my next tier. I'd be less happy about him. But then in that uh, tier six, I know a guy you love. Sims and Foster are still around. Uh, Abdullah is still around. So in general, I feel like there's a, a lot of running backs that I'm down with pouncing on, in all honesty. Or is it time for us to fill out a quarterback or a tight end? What do you What are you feeling? I, I'd be happy to take uh, a Hill, a Gore. I'd be, if you love a Sims, I think we could wait one on him. Uh, but is it tight end time? I'm not loving what I'm seeing there. It's kind of Barnage, Thomas, Gates, Will Ty, that kind of zone. I think we wait. Well, here's what I'm thinking. If it were standard, I, I would say let's go Jonathan Stewart. This is PPR, so he's going to drop. I do like a gore, and Lord knows... I love Charles Sims. I'm all about that cat. He, I'm going to talk him up on the breakout show uh, that's coming up very soon. But we might even be able to wait. We've only got uh, a few picks, but six picks between now and then our backup. And Sims is going kind of late. I want to say roughly ninth round standard, eighth round PPR. Uh, now, the last time I did this was a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, ninth-round standard, and I know it was an eighth-round uh, eighth PPR. As far as tight ends, because if, I, if I'm kind of holding Sims there in my heart and I want to take him on the way around, um, you know, guys that are roughly going there, ADP-wise, you've got, what, Delaney Walker, Kobe Fleener, Barnage. Um, Barnage, the only one that's left. Barnage is the only one that's left. And I'm not super crazy about Barnage. I love me some Dwayne Allen who we can get later. That's right. Uh, so I would still even go Gore and then grab a Sims on the way back, personally. I, but, I uh, agree. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Gore, uh, you can't go wrong with Frank. He Frank the Tank has a chip on his shoulder. He even said, you know, he barely did. He finished, I think, 13th or 14th. Finished great. Uh, although if you owned him, didn't really feel like it, but finished great. Didn't get to a thousand yards. First time in a long time. He did not get to a thousand yards. He has gone on record, Frank Gore, and said he's putting it on his shoulders. He was disappointed last year that he didn't get there. He is going to get there this year. And I mean, come on. They didn't really take anybody. There's no one breathing over his shoulder for competition. You got Ferguson, who's it was a late round flyer, but honestly, Ferguson is going to be one of those guys that people might draft late that gets dropped because Gore is durable. And if you need him, I would think it's not going to be till later in the season, at which point you can probably get him off the waivers because someone got sick of hanging on to him. So I do like a Frank Gore. So let's catch folks up. We took Frank Gore. We're talking round seven now. Again, to remind you, we've got, this was our order. Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Brandon Cook, Sammy Watkins. Then we took our first running back in the fourth round, Ryan Matthews. We went back with a Dante Moncrief. We were able to pick up Matt Jones, then a Frank Gore. After that, 
The quarterbacks are starting to fly. Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, Tom Brady, Blake Bortles. Uh, wide receivers, Torrey Smith. Jeez, did he go early. I did a piece on him for a New York radio show. I'm, I'm talking a month and a half ago. His ADP was 12th round. He just went in round seven. That's crazy. Uh, Torrey Smith was a wide receiver that went Steve Smith, Marcus Wheaton, Marvin Jones, who I like, Deshaun Jackson, Aiken, and Corey Coleman. Tight end, Gary Barnage, Julius Thomas, Jimmy Graham, my boy, Double E, Eric Ebron, and the only running back was Jeremy Hill, and I believe I covered it all. So now it is back on us. But before we get there, ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind folks, we are playing for a trip to Uzbekistan. Not all expenses paid. And that, of course, is a one-way trip to Uzbekistan. So for your listening audience, this is trivia question number two. All right. So the last time we looked at the lowest scoring teams last year, that was trivia question one. That knowledge could help you here. Now we all know, if a team is winning, that is, positive game script, they're more apt to run. If a team is down, in other words, facing a negative game script, more apt to pass, not rocket science. So, just looking at Vegas lines for 2016, there are three teams that should be facing negative game scripts. In other words, according to Vegas, there are three teams that are not picked to win six games. Now, I just looked at this, and I believe it's changed in the last couple weeks because I tweeted something out a couple weeks ago. It's changed a little bit on uh, most Vegas sites. I checked three sites. They were all the same, but it has changed. There are three teams that have an over-under of five and a half or less. Basically, there are three teams that are not picked to win six games. Can you name Two of the three. I want you folks and D-Rex to think about that while you listen to this. We'll be back in a moment. All right, Pyromaniacs, you're back listening to the Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Pyromaniac Mo. Give me a follow on Twitter, all letters, and I am joined by D-Rex, who you can follow on Twitter with the regular Pyro crew. That is at P-Y-R-O. M-A-N, the number one A-C. Now, before we left, we asked, according to Vegas, this is quite recent, I looked this up just a couple days ago, according to Vegas, there are three teams that are not picked to win six games. So they are slated to win 5.5 or less. Who? Give me two of the three, D-Rex. I got to go back to my 49ers, which sucks, and I'm going to go Browns. Ding, ding, ding. You are in it, sir. The three teams were actually... Eagles? Three of the five... It was the Titans. Ah. So the Browns, the 49ers, and the Titans. Neither of those guys are slated to get to six. So I'm actually coming up with a chart right now that's based off of Vegas game script for you pyro pros out there. This is going to be in the resource uh, toolbox. This is something cool. It'll kind of let you know on what game scripts, right? If you're facing a heavy passing day because you're playing, you know, Carolina and you're San Francisco, they're going to get blown out. They're going to have to pass. That's going to be a heavy pass script. You're Carolina. You're playing San Francisco. That's going to be a heavy run game. So that's what the um, chart's based on. Really big, large graphics. So you can just kind of get a quick glance. Hey, what team am I looking at? What week? Okay, it's a running week. It's a super running week, whatever. 
Uh, so check it out. Stay tuned for that Pyro Pros. All right, we are getting back to our draft. As stated, we're doing full PPR, and we're drafting out of the fourth slot. We are just picked Frank Gore in round seven. Now we're on the way back, thinking round eight. We've got our four wide receivers, so we're starting three and then a flex with Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Sammy Watkins, Dante Moncrief. We've got the three running backs, Ryan Matthews, Matt Jones, Frank Gore. So we think in tight end here, round eight. I think we still wait. Uh, nothing's bouncing off at me. I think we can still wait. I'm liking, yeah, I'm, I'm liking a Walford, a Will Ty, Dwayne Allen. I'm, I, I'm a big fan of him, but I just don't trust him. Uh, I do like the guy. Um, so I, I feel like we can wait. I'm down with your Sims call. Um, we, uh, Jonathan Stewart's still available. If, you, if you're higher on Stewart than Sims, uh, that's interesting. Adrian Foster, Arian Foster is still around, but uh, Staggs has kind of driven into my mind that people don't recover, especially running backs from Achilles injuries. But shocking that uh, Stewart's around. And then yeah. when I look at uh, wide receivers, I feel like the one guy that I really kind of covet, I, we can wait on uh, Doriel Green Beckham. The other the other highest guy that I've got at wide receiver is Laquan, uh, Laquan Treadwell. Um so I, I I'd say we either go in at a at a, a, a let's let's grab your your Sims Sims if that's gonna make you happy and then um you know quarterbacks are gonna get a little bit thin but I you know my guy I think we both agree we both like Cousins I think we can sweep him up a little bit later maybe a Rivers. Well, I will say this. You named the three tight ends that I have in one of my MFL 10s. I went with Dwayne Allen first, and then I've got Will Ty, and then I have Clive Walford. I really do think of the three, which I totally love. Obviously, I got him in an MFL 10. I really think Dwayne Allen, again, he is the tallest pass catcher on Indy. I want to say 160 vacated targets with Johnson and whom I forget. Oh, with Johnson and Fleener leaving town. I really think they don't have a, necessarily a big back. Uh, in the red zone, I really think Dwayne Allen could uh, be overlooked, and you could find a lot of value. He's going late in most drafts, but let's get him later. I'm down with it. Uh, let's let's get him later because we got guys like Charles Sims who I love. I I talk about him all the time. I got some stats I can throw at you. Stay tuned for the High Noon Show uh, on Sunday. That'll be released at noon. That, that samples about eight or nine podcasts. We all talk breakouts. Charles Sims is one of my guys. But I got to say, Jonathan Stewart here, uh, even though it's not standard, we're talking eighth round Jonathan Stewart. We're talking a guy on a team. Second best offensive line from your favorite site. Yeah, and they for Carolina, Jonathan Stewart, they, are, they had 500 points last year. <laughs> Vegas has them as one of the most winningest teams, one of a handful of teams that are slated to pick or slated to win over 10 games. I think it was I have the chart here, but going off memory, I think they're about 10.5. They're going to be facing positive game script. They're going to be facing a lot of runs. Now I know Cam, he's kind of the red zone runner, right? But Stewart that's tempting in the eighth round to see that guy there. I'd say we do it. It's that's value city. Let's say that is value city. Power it totally game. is a running back one on the best offense in the league. Yes. Uh, they got a great offensive line. The only worry about him is being a little banged up, but I think that is just a great value pick. Look at the next, let's go through and 
The next three running backs taken after that guy, and I know Theo, Theo Riddick's a, you know, a PPR god, but we just got yeah. Jonathan Stewart in the eighth round. The first three Jonathan Stewart, eighth round. First three picks in the ninth round were Jay Ajayi. He went higher than an Arian Foster. Um, don't like that. And then Amir Abdullah, like him. Theo Riddick, same team. So I like I like our Jonathan Stewart. We've just gone three. Now we've got it even. We've got four wide receivers and four running backs. And god damn. I mean, look at our running backs, considering how we 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 went four four of our first five picks were wide receivers. Our running back situation is really impressive. Yeah. Why can't I end up with this team on my MFL 10s? I, I swear I am getting sniped in my MFL 10s because every, seriously, every pick I am typing in, God dang it, you just got my guy. God dang it, you just got my guy. This is a great team. Now, we're sitting ninth round. You, you ran through the list. My boy Charles Sims is still there. And he, that's, now this would be value. Or, I'm sorry, this would not be value. This would be where he's going in ADP standard. I'm sorry, he's going in ninth. We're talking. PPR, so we get a round value. We might even be able to leave them on the board. Who knows? But gosh, we got so many guys. Do we really want to get our fifth running back right now when we haven't addressed tight end and, and QB? Now, to be honest with you, D-Rex, I like loading up on running backs. My philosophy is usually I'm taking a, a tight end or a quarterback double-digit rounds. And usually I want at least six running backs. Usually I end up with about five wide receivers. That's roughly where I end up. We've got four wide receivers right now. Maybe we find some great value a bit later. Uh, Sterling Shepard is there. I really like him. To remind folks, Dave T. Thomas pegged Mr. Shepard as rookie of the year. Uh, pegged him for over 1,000 yards and pegged him for 10 touchdowns at least. That might be a pick, of course. I like Sims. What do you think, man? Yeah, if you want that Sims, let's take the best player on the on the draft. Um, let's hope that a Cousins makes it back to us, and I think that's got to be our next pick, a Cousins or a Romo. Um, I think besides those two, I, I get a little less excited. But if you're all in on on, on Sims, let's let's uh, let's do it. We don't need a running back for a bit, but goddamn, we went from <laughs> starting yep. at the wide receiver situation to there's not a question that we have the best running back situation in the league. Absolutely, and there's no way he would have lasted because listen to this. We grabbed Sims in the ninth round. It is just a plethora of running backs that went from that point. Melvin Gordon went right after Sims. Then TJ Yeldon, Chris Ivory, interesting, same team. I like Ivory more. They're paying him more. That's one of those situations I think you can look at what a team is paying a guy to give you insight as to how much they uh, how much they are going to use him, how much confidence they have in him, and they're not paying Ivory backup money. They're giving him some serious dollars. Then you've got Rashad Jennings, Justin Forsett, Isaiah Crowell, Tevin Coleman went at the back end of the ninth round. First pick of the tenth round, Arian Foster. Then we go to Carlos Williams. D'Angelo Williams, ooh, there's some value there at uh, 10th round. Mm -hmm. CJ Proceis, Derek Henry, and Bilal Powell. The only other position that went was wide receiver. We got Vincent Jackson, who I like. Ah, Sterling Shepard, who I love. 
and Willie Sneed, who I like as well. Now, I'm just going to tell folks, we're in the 10th round. It's pretty even up. We've got a total of four wide receivers. We've got five running backs. Now, ordinarily, I draft a tight end before I do a quarterback. But D-Rex, give us a bit of a rundown. Give me the top two, maybe three, from each spot. I want to know who we got. We're looking at quarterback, who we're looking at tight end, running back, wide receiver, just just to, for the folks at home. Uh, my highest guy is uh, Cousins. I'm way higher than I'm on, on him than any other person in the industry. Uh, but I, he's my highest guy than uh, Romo. And is Rivers still around? Yeah. I believe River, he Rivers is. Rivers is still around. So that's kind of where I'm at with the quarterback situation. Tight end, I mean, we just might have a crappy tight end situation. Gates, Will Ty, Dwayne Allen, uh, Martellus Bennett, Clive Walford, and uh, ASJ is uh, in in there for us. Witten already I'm gone? Gonna, I'm going to – which tight end? I'm going to stop you right there. I don't think that's crappy. I think Antonio Gates, that man is going to score touchdowns. He is. And we are talking 10th round. This is where I target a tight end. I would be happy as um, peas and carrots. Is that a saying? Do the kids say that? Is that a thing, peas and carrots? You're more in touch with these kids by having them and being a teacher than me. Uh, uh, well, I, I don't want to brag. I, like I don't want to brag, but I'm, I'm down with the 411. <laughs> no, here's, no. Here's what I say we do. Let's look at our let's look at that draft board. Okay. Before we move to the draft board, I want to say I would be totally happy with Antonio Gates or a Dwayne Allen and maybe even a Martellus Bennett, but I love me some Dwayne Allen. I love me some Antonio Gates. Uh, we need so, tight end with our competition ahead of us. Let's look at that uh board. Where are we at here? Okay, so the board Every team so we're so let me explain what D Rex is looking at. We're coming back on the tenth. So we are going to have six picks between our pick right now, and then there's going to be six picks, and then us. So we're kind of weighing quarterback, tight end. This is where I bring a pen to my drafts. I'm going to chart the guys that are next to me. So let's just look at tight end spot. Each of the three teams, there's going to be six picks because they're going to hit the 10th, and they're going to come back on the 11th. Each of the teams right after us, have a tight end. Doesn't really help us here because each of the teams also have a quarterback. One now, of each. Yeah, yeah. So every team has a quarterback and a tight end. Ideally, if it felt like, you know, one team has uh, only a quarterback and every team, you know, has uh, whatever tight end, but there's only one quarterback on, chances are they're going to take quarterback. So this is where it behooves you to mark what the other guys are drafting. Cousins. As it as it happens, it doesn't behoove us right now, but Cousins. for strategy. I think we take Cousins, to... and we hope that an Antonio Gates comes back to us with the next pick, and we take him, and then there, then we just go on a, a fiesta forever of uh, other guys. What do you What do you think? I I feel like if Cousins goes, Romo, I would be uh, it would be a happy second, but. I feel like Cousins just has that explosion factor. Tenth round, what are your thoughts? I think you're right because a team is more apt, not me personally, but a team is more apt to draft two quarterbacks 
before they would draft two tight ends. So if we're in danger of losing anything, we're in danger of losing a quarterback spot. Let's grab Cousins. So, if, if you're down with that, I know I've got him higher. Totally. Okay. So let's do a Cousins. You know, again, we're, we're, we're I guess we're not reaching that much. Uh, but I've got Cousins, just so it's known, in my tier three. I've got him ranked as my sixth highest quarterback. People that had him in leagues last year, week 15 and 16, know why. The guy had eight throwing touchdowns. He ran for one, throwing up huge numbers. This guy can explode. Talent around him like nobody's business. Great offensive line. Uh, just all around. He's got some things he's got to prove. He's got a big contract this year, but he doesn't have the security. So he's still in a contract year. Kirk Cousins, let's do it, and let's see if uh, Gates can come back to us. I like it, Kirk Cousins. I'm going to just – ask you. Yep. I've got Philip Rivers, I believe, eight. I've got Kirk Cousins, 11. I like both. I want to remind folks, Philip Rivers was a top five quarterback uh, first half of the season um, uh, before his wide receiver one went down, of course, and then the, the rotation of the offensive line and then everything just fell off the tracks there. But if everyone's healthy and that offensive line shapes up a little bit, uh, I like a Rivers. I, I'm totally down with Cousins, but what's your thoughts on Rivers? Here's my thing with Rivers, and this is the eye test. I've never experienced, like I did last year, watching a team where in the fourth quarter, things coming down and seeing a player and a team that looked in so much disarray over the final seven minutes of a fourth quarter than this team. Just everyone frustrated. The defense frustrated. Rivers so pissed. I just did not like what I saw from that. And I love all the energy and all the now RG3 is gone. Imagine a year ago. People didn't even – a year ago, RG3 was going to be the starter for the Washington Redskins. Um, now he's uh, – Cousins has got the, the, the tag, making tons of money, had a huge fantasy season last year. I just like the progression of that team. Their offensive line's better. The strength of schedule is super solid, and I'm just, I just don't. I feel like when I, if I take Rivers, who I'm fine with, if you, if Rivers is the guy, and we have to take him, then I'm fine with. But it feels 2013 to me, and also Rivers is a, which half of the season are you gonna get from him? And I feel like uh, Cousins could be Cousins if everything goes right and he plays great. Cousins could be a top five QB this year. Well, I tell you, a strength of schedule, which you get if you buy the draft kit. Now, I'm not talking about just strength of schedule at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end uh, for the full slate. I'm talking just based on team. I'm talking weeks 14 through 16, which you're going to want to pay attention to because that's the playoffs. That's the money we got. Even for those of you who do it the wrong way and actually play into week 17, we got strength of schedule for 14 through 17. You want to know first half of the season, which is pretty vital if you ask me, because now you're talking waiver wire, you're talking injury. Uh, we've got our first eight games strength of schedule. We got nine through 16. So we break it down every which way but loose. We, we practically give you the monkey. I think that was the movie, Every Which Way But Loose, Clint Eastwood and a Monkey. Yes. Anyway, anyway, uh, that is by far, that in and of itself, one of the 22 tabs worth its weight in gold. So 
We're talking Cousins. We're talking Rivers. Rivers has a middle-of-the-pack strength of schedule, which I don't really pay attention to. But Kirk Cousins, top 10. And that's what I'm, that's what I mark. I'm going to note if a guy has a top 10 strength of schedule or a bottom 10, Washington for quarterbacks, ninth easiest strength of schedule. I will say, you know, when um, Keenan Allen went down and the rails sort of came off with the offensive line, we, we did catch a glimpse, though, what Rivers could be if everything falls well. But one thing you mentioned with Cousins, why I like him, I do have... And boy, I'm starting to talk myself out of it. I do have Cousins rated just behind, but Cousins, they franchise him. So he could be playing for a huge contract. Huge. If he does well, they're going to have to pay him. So that is incentive, right? And I know you like a Matt Jones, but I'm not so sure Matt Jones is between the tackles red zone guy. And if he's not... Then you're talking Blake Bortles last year. They did not have a guy. They didn't like Yeldon. They went out and get Ivory. What's Ivory known for? Freaking busting it in the five. Nobody had more carries inside the five last year than Chris Ivory. So we could be seeing a Blake Bortles 2015 in a Cousins 2016. They don't have a running back once they get in that red zone. I think Cousins, could re they could really rely on him Tossing it out, they got a, a quick pop out to one of the best tight ends with a Jordan Reed. Uh, they've got the they've got the weapons. They just so I'm really boxing. liking. I mean, the fact uh, that yeah. they had that wide they already had a top four wide receiver crew without drafting in the first round, Doxon, and that's a red zone guy. He's that's basically what he brings to the table. So I, I like the talent. I like the offensive line. I like the protection. I like the contract year. I like everything about Cousins, and the fact is, again, a year ago, he had to prove himself. Now he's just got that confidence. He's no, he knows that this is his team. Uh, this is a guy that's going to work hard, stay out of trouble, and um, yeah. Cousins, yeah, I, I, I'm all in on Cousins, and I really have a strong feeling at the end of this year, Cousins is going to be one of those players. People are like, D-Rex, thank you so Eifert was my guy last year where everyone's like, I got Eifert in the 14th, in the 13th. I got him in the 8th. I love you, D-Rex, for that. Cousins is that guy for me this year. He's just – there's it's a deep position. You're going to be able to get him at a value. People don't like, like him. People don't like the Washington Redskins. So win, win the value. Yeah, my three sort of late rounders are Rivers, Cousins, Tyrod. I like all those guys. Cousins, Rivers basically going right around each other. You might have just talked me into putting Cousins ahead of Rivers. You know, we're talking Chris Thompson coming out of the backfield. Deshaun Jackson, Garcon, Doxon. Don't forget Jamison Crowder and Jordan Reed. More points per game than everybody's favorite, Robert Gronkowski. So lots of weapons for him. So we pick up a Cousins in the 10th. Then after that, Kenneth Dixon, probably one of the best pass-catching rookie backs to come out this year, went right there. The other running backs that went, Shane Vereen and Javoris Allen, who's uh, kind of getting kicked to the curb there in Baltimore. Maybe not kicked to the curb, but I certainly like a Dixon more than I do Allen. We've got Doriel Green Beckham, who I do like, and a Mohamed Sanu, who I do not, and then Jason Witten. So now we're in the 11th. It's going to be quite a while before we go again. 16 picks before we go again. 
we've got pretty much everything nailed up except the tight end spot. I really like a Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen is, I don't think he would be there on the way back. He'd be my guy. What say you? I do like an Antonio Gates, though. So I, I like both. I say we, I like that Gates call more. Gates is still available. Yeah, then I say you know, we do Gates. Um, my other option I would be honestly would be to go Romo and wait for Allen. Oh, see, I don't. I would not even consider going. We got Cousins. I wouldn't consider a, a quarterback to be honest. Okay, fair um, enough. Fair enough. It, let me just talk about that. I, I love Gates, and that's the one you're comfortable with out of Dwayne Allen and Gates. Yeah, I think we we'll be able to get Allen later. Okay. He is going uh, standard 12th. Last time I checked, we are in the 11th. Now, generally, with tight end and quarterback, I'm total. Quarterback, let's talk about it. I am very comfortable going one quarterback. I'm a late round quarterback guy. If, and I say if, my late rounder doesn't pan out, then I'm totally comfortable streaming. Guys, if you want to. Get behind the streaming philosophy. You hear this name brandished about often. Take a listen to the Pyro Light Podcast with Denny Carter, episode 27. Episode 27 with Denny Carter. He gives you the ins and outs of what streaming is. We talk about it. He lays down some basically top three or four stats to look for. Not only is it matchup-based, but a couple of other things to look for for streaming. One thing... People think it's like fishing every week. I caught a fish this big. I landed a quarterback. That's not the, the deal. You don't want to necessarily stream. You want your late-round quarterback to pull it off, and then if he doesn't, you stream. But hopefully you land a guy like Tyrod Taylor. Guess what? If you picked up Tyrod off the waiver wire last year, boom, you're done streaming. Game over. You're fine. If somebody doesn't hit, then you stream. So you've got lots of chances. It's not like you got to go to the waiver wire every week. But take a listen to 27, episode 27. Do yourself a favor. It is fantastic if you want to get behind the streaming train, whether it be for quarterback, tight end, or defense. Let's catch him up here, D-Rex, with our last pick. We took our first tight end. Again, we took our first quarterback in round 10, Kirk Cousins. We took Dwayne Allen in round 11. After that, the very next pick, I'm sorry, we took Antonio Gates. The very next pick was Dwayne Allen. Uh, the other tight ends that went, see, we kind of started the run. Witten went right before us. That's another thing to note. We, we talked about this in our Scott Fishbowl. If you're going to be in a run, you want to be at the head. You do not want to follow the crowd, right, and follow the sheep and say, that's bad. You want to lead the run. Don't don't follow. So we kind of led the run here on the tight ends. Went and went right before us. We took Gates. Then it goes. Dwayne Allen, Martellus Bennett, Zach Miller, Charles Clay, ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins, then Jared Cook. The running backs that went after us were Darren Sproles, Jordan Howard, LeGarrette Blount, Jarek McKinnon, and Charkandrick West. Wide receivers off the board since we picked Stephon Diggs, Josh Gordon, who, of course, is only sitting out four games now. And week five, ding, ding, Brady's first game back. That'll be a good one. Chris Hogan went Tavon Austin and Travis Benjamin. Mm. I, well, I'm, 
What do you think? I'm I would I'm not scared to do a Clive Walford here. I'm not scared to do um again, I'm not scared. You want you want your rivers? See, I'm personally you don't want to do I, the am, I would thing. I, got I would rather have I would rather have more running back lottery tickets than anything else. However, we are in a position that we can start two tight ends, but I think any tight end that we're going to be picking now wouldn't be as good as some of the running backs. So let me hear top three running backs, top three wide receivers, and and go ahead and give me the top three quarterbacks and tight ends. Who we got on our consensus or on yours? Uh, Melvin Gordon's gone, right? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Stay, stay there, Melvin. Uh, I've got Devontae Booker as my highest running back. Keith Marshall, uh, CJ Two K. Is Crowell still around? I think he is. I like that. Uh, Quarterback Romo Rivers, Derek Carr. uh, Tight end. It's uh, is Will Ty still available? Uh, Martellus Bennett, Clive Walford. And that's where it would be at. I think. What about wide receivers? Wide receivers. My highest guy right now is uh, Stephon Diggs, Philip Dorsett. And I, I don't think we. I don't think we. We're, I think we're good there. Well, for now. Person again. I, I'm not big. We've only got 14 rounds. We're not doing kicker. We're not doing defense. I usually I'm going to have one quarterback, one tight end. Because if that doesn't pan out, I'm going to go ahead and stream. Anybody I draft now I think is kind of going to be equivalent to a streamer. There's always a, a Barnage. There's always last year a Carson Palmer, a guy that was undrafted in most leagues that you can stream. So I'd be apt to go wide receiver or a running back. Uh, before I kick it to you, let me just ask. You said a guy that was available. Indiana guy. We've got Moncrief. If something happens to Moncrief, do you handcuff a, a wide receiver? Yeah. With a Philip Dorsett? I like a Dorsett, but I think we can wait on him. I like I, I don't mind that, to be honest. Uh, what I would rather do, and I'm going to use your Dave T uh, guy who says he's going to be better than Casper. He's going to be better than uh, a lot of those great tight uh, Christensen, Walford. Right now, I know, I know you, I know you don't like to have that second one, but. If we got a Gates, an old timer, I think they're going to get him a lot of touchdowns. But he's a half season type of guy, and I, I'd rather, I'd rather, I say we do a Clive Walford right here, to be honest. And we we get that position, lock it down. I'm fine going into the whole season and not even drafting another quarterback if that's the way we go. But Walford, I think the upside's certainly there. I like Will Ty here in this situation too, if he's not gone as well. But, um. Maybe we get that second tight end instead of, eh. I think I, I think we can wait for Devontae Booker, who I'm super All high right. on. I, I, I love Booker basically because of Dave T. I love Clive Walford because of Dave T. But I just really think with, okay, Gates, uh, yeah, second half, tale of two seasons. I get that, but I think so much can change from the beginning to the end that there might be a tight end available Second half that just is not in the picture now, and who knows the shape Clive Walford's going to be in by then. I do love a Marshall, and to be honest, we've got Matt Jones, right? Let's get it. So that might not be bad. The other one we could consider. I have Devontae Booker one uh, two slots higher, but go ahead. 
the other one, who was I going to say? Marshall Booker. No, I guess it was. It must have been Marshall. I was going to say I had a uh, handcuff there, but it's got to be Matt Jones and, and Marshall would be the, the handcuff play. If Matt Jones, something happens to him, Thompson is not your, your handcuff. It's it's Marshall. Unless you think you think we can, can I think we can wait on him. Okay, so if we wait on a Marshall and we, we do handcuff a guy. I think we can wait on him. Yeah, I'm high on him too. Stag Party, I think, turned my ear to him. Uh, big Georgia guy, I believe, yep. is, is where he came from. I, I do like a Booker because of what Dave T has, has said about him. And I like a Crowell, honestly. I, I like that too, although Crowell's kind of in the doghouse. Excuse the pun for the <laughs> Cleveland, but he's in the doghouse. But I do like a Crowell. My God, we're talking about a running back one, basically, in the in the 12th round. Yep. Uh, I, I like them all. I think, where where do you want to go with it? I think Isaiah, I heard he's well, going to be the back. Uh, it's PPR. I, I'll, gi- I'll give this one to you, buddy. Well, let me ask you this. Who are we going to come back with? Because if we're not coming back with the running back, I'd say let's hedge our bets and maybe go with a Marshall. We can wait on Marshall. All right, then I would probably say Crowell. I think he's turning some heads. I know he's made some stupid moves on social media. He can get it done, though. He really can. And I think if you see what uh, Hugh Jackson did with the running back game in Cincinnati, I think there's a lot of potential. If you remember Crowell coming out of college, this guy should have gone in the top two rounds had he not been such a knucklehead in college. We've seen some of that knuckleheadedness continue with his social media uh, faux pas, to put it nicely. Uh, but I think there's a lot of talent there. And the other guys were talking flyers. But again, I like to load up on running backs. I, I do like to get a handcuff with Marshall, but I think we can wait. And I think Crowell, he's good. He's good. I like a book or two, though. But uh, do it. All right. Let's go with our boy pulling him down. The Crow. Boy. Yeah, Booker. I'm just pausing on him because I'm remembering my Dave T conversation. I mean, I I love, but I think I hate a CJ and I don't. But Booker, I feel like seeing this makes me a little bummed out with Crowell being much further down. Right, Crowell's already gone. Yeah, I was trying to circle that there. Crowell's gone, so that makes our choice easy, don't you think? Yeah. With a Booker, yeah. Uh, love just to remind a Booker. I'm all yeah. in across the board. Fleener, Booker, Cousins. These are guys that are going to be on every one of my teams, and I'm going to live by the sword and die by the sword. And I've I've won by the sword, and I've lost by the sword. But being someone that holds the sword and ballsy is, is, is a championship move. Let's do Booker. Yeah, I'm with you. And interesting to hear you on Fleener. I think I was the highest on Fleener for a long time yep. at Pyro. And then I, I caught a little bit of flack, I believe. Ooh. And folks came aboard. So I, I totally love your picks there with Fleener. I, I too, am looking at a uh, late-run quarterback, looking at Cousins. And just to remind folks what Dave T. said about Booker, uh, just a hair talking about Booker in Denver, right behind C.J. Anderson, just a hair behind Kenneth Dixon as far as pass-catching ability, backs coming out of the backfield. Everybody raves about Kenneth Dixon. 
he might get lost in the community of running backs they got in Baltimore. I'm not betting much on a Hillman. And in Denver, you got C.J. Anderson. We've seen the tale of two halves with Mr. C.J. Anderson, the Dickensian Mr. C.J. Anderson. Now with a Booker, you got a better shot there, I think, of, of, of really showing something. And Dave T., like I said, loves his pass-catching ability. Booker could really pay off big. You got Flacco in uh, Baltimore, who is tried and true, a champion, and let it loose. Yeah. What is Denver thinking right now? They're going to be running the ball a lot. They don't know what they got at the quarterback spot. Uh, Booker's going to be a good time. And no matter who Denver rolls with at the quarterback spot, we're not talking uh, guys like a flag or we're going to get it downfield. You're talking Mark Sanchez, Paxton Lynch, also Trevor Simeon, who have been hearing good stuff about. Dave T talked him up quite a bit. Honestly, he really likes Simeon. Uh, but I've been hearing stuff about camp saying that if Sanchez isn't ready, Simeon could very well be the guy. I'm sorry, if Paxton Lynch isn't ready and Sanchez doesn't live up to what he should do, uh, then Simeon could be the guy. But let's face it, none of those guys are hefting it downfield like a Flacco. Who are you going to dump off to? The running back. You, who are you going to dump off to? Devontae Booker. And we got him. Love it. Following Booker in round 12. Remember, we're only going round 14. Normally, I'd say there's it's a pretty safe bet. You got 16 rounds. We're not doing quarter. I'm sorry. We're not doing defense. We are not doing kicker. So following us up, Coming at the tail end of the 12th round. We picked Booker. There's going to be six picks between us and us again. And that was wide receiver, one and only Michael Thomas. We're talking about the Ohio State Michael Thomas. We're talking about the New Orleans Michael Thomas, who, to be honest, I don't think Michael Thomas is eating into Sneed's piece of the catching pie. I think Thomas might eat into Fleener a little bit. Depend, this is one I'm really anxious to see. I want to see the camp in New Orleans. But Michael Thomas is going to be running routes in the Fleener area. I want to see if he's ready. That could um, shorten my emphatic uh, favoritism of a Kobe Fleener if Michael Thomas is having a great camp. He was the only wide receiver that went. Two running backs that went were Paul Perkins and DeAndre Washington in Oakland. I kind of got my eye on, too. Want to see that camp. Tight end, Jordan Cameron went. Quarterbacks, my dog, Phillip Rivers, and a Matty Ice Ryan. We are back on the clock. Once again, we got two picks left. Again, we're forgoing kicker. We're forgoing D. As of right now, this is the kind of team I like. We have one, two, three, four, five, six running backs. We've got... Four wide receivers. We we might want to take another wide receiver. I generally end up with like a six and a five, but uh, I only have one tight end. I only have one quarterback. Now, D-Rex, I know a lot of times you play deeper leagues. Most of the casual leagues I play in are about this. Um, 16 rounds with a kicker and D, 14 without. So, let's think. We don't want to take a guy that has second half potential because that's going to be waiver wire fodder. Who could be a, a home run hitter in the first half of the season? Who do we have on our consensus, or I'm sorry, on your tiers, wide receiver, tight end, or running back? There's the door set. There's the digs. I'm high on Braxton Miller, 
Chris Connolly, Tyler Boyd, uh, Sanu's gone, um, Funches, Doxon. That's kind of where we're at at wide receiver. Curse is gone. Um, I, I I could I could forego a wide receiver here. I feel really good about our wide yeah. receiver crew. In all honesty, I, I'm gonna go back to the Martellus Bennett, Clive Walford world. I, I, I Romo's still around, but I know you're. I'm not gonna get you on that one. Um, running backs, we still got our Marshall, but I, I again I think we can wait one. We just took a running back. We've got a lot of them. Um, my my pick would be a Romo or a uh, a Walford, maybe a Martellus Bennett, but uh, he's kind of a D bag. Uh, I'd 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 gamble on the upside of Walford right now. Um, Tony Romo and hope his clavicles hold together, and you play him on good matchup weeks. That that's that's where I would go. But in all honesty. I would love to hear what you have to say and, and, and would be down behind whatever kind of influence you have on a, on a, a pick that you'd be super high on if you have one. Well, we, we both like Marshall, not even just because we have Matt Jones, but we do like him. Uh, I think it wouldn't be bad to handcuff a guy, especially there in Washington where it, Matt Jones, some fumbling issues. I know you love him. I, I wouldn't say his hold on that position is a, a certainty. I think once he gets on the field, more than likely he's going to show us some some good stuff. But again, injuries happen. This is the freaking NFL. So it wouldn't be bad to handcuff. I also might say that tight end, uh, Clive Walford, he's going to go before a marshal. So if you would take two tight ends, which normally I don't think I would, but if you were going to take two tight ends, I would say we, we would have to go Clive Walford now. And I would probably go Clive Walford over Will Ty because you got this, I don't know why, but you have a tenuous situation in New York where they have uh, Ty and they've got uh, the guy there from last year that, that still seems Larry to Dinell. be. Yeah, Danell still seems to be in the mix, even though I, I think Ty, I test, passes much better. But I think if we're going to grab a Walford, we'd have to do it now and get Marshall on the way back. Um, wide receivers, uh, you mentioned a few, I wrote down the name Dorsett. I wrote down the name Miller. I liked those out of the, the few that you said and Dorsett, we've already got a, uh, Andrew Luck wide receiver in Moncrief. I do like Braxton, what he might be able to bring to the table. Let's, let's go. Let uh, you're, you and I are the only guys that are, I mean, just look, you look at that Braxton guy. He, I'm not saying it's going to be as. In dynasty leagues, Braxton is a steal. Go and grab yeah. Braxton. And yeah. he's going to pay off, but if he doesn't, you're not going to be killing your fantasy future uh, with where his ADP is. Braxton Miller is a man amongst boys, learning the new position, seeing pictures of him hanging around with the rest of the receiver crew on the Texans. This guy... For the speed he has and the elusiveness that he has, he's enormous. He's a beast. So I am all down with taking a Walford. We we the reason why I want to stay away from running back is look we we just took Booker before that it was Crowell. Yeah. We did a, a a four between six and nine. We did a four running back run. I feel like at a certain point I love what we've done in this draft. 
we don't need any more running backs. Uh, so let's take a let's take that Clive, and the upside there is pretty significant. Um, and if he's a dud and he wants to be a ATV casualty, then he's the first guy off the off our bench if we were really well, playing the league. Again, Dave T. Thomas loves him. Uh, it's his, I want to say, second year in the league. It, it is his second year in the league. He's slated as a rotowire. Uh, I believe he is slated to start there in Oakland. Again, it takes a couple years. It takes a couple years for a tight end to really get going. This is his second. Uh, they've also got Lee Smith, uh, Michael Rivera. You know, he was doing okay a couple years ago, but I really do like a Walford. And because we've got Antonio, I was alive before Kennedy was assassinated Gates. Uh <laughs> We might want to hedge our bets a little bit. He he's an older guy, and Lord knows he's not on the uh, HGH anymore, so he doesn't have that extra pep in his step, as it were. Uh, Clive Walford might not be bad again. I normally don't take a second tight end, and normally don't take a second quarterback, but I could see the reasoning behind doing so with an Antonio Gates age factor and the hype factor of a Clive Walford. He could knock it out of the park. I like that offense there. They they uh, if you look at Carr's numbers, had a great first half of the season last year. I think he had like six games over 20 points, only one in the second half over 20 points, but played a monstrous defense. Uh, their defense that they were going up against in the second half of the season was rough. I really think they're a team on the up. Tick, their defense is phenomenal. Their offensive line, as we said, one of the best. Clive Walford's a good one. Cool. So, we locked up up, uh, a second tight end. After we took Walford, Darren McFadden went, then a Chris Thompson, Wendell Smallwood, who another camp I'm really interested to see is Philly, who's the backup there to our Ryan Matthews. Then you got James Starks going off the board and James White. The other positions... Wide receiver. First up was uh, Kendall Wright, Sammy Coates, Josh Doxson, Kev Devin Funches, Philip Dorsett, Mike Wallace, Nelson Aguilar. Then we've got Derek Carr, Tony Romo, Jemias Winstone, and Tyrod Taylor. Surprise, Tyrod went as late as he did in the 14th. And no tight ends taken. So here we are. Last pick, 14th round. We said we could certainly wait on our our running back, and we may not even need a running back. So who who are we looking at? Who's on our our consensus for the listeners at home? I think uh, we we talked about Keith Marshall and and that guy being there, but I think we've got a lot of running backs. I think we're pretty good at running backs. We got our second tight end. I know it's not your kind of move, but I think that was a good pick. My pick right now would be that we both agree we like Braxton Miller. Stefan Diggs, I have a little bit higher than Braxton. Um, Chris Connolly's in there. Tyler Boyd. We don't want to go too heavy with the rookies. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you, what are you vibing? I, I I'd be down with the Braxton Miller. I'd be down with the Keith Marshall if you think that the upside's there and that's fine. 
at quarterback, eh, we'll just stay away from quarterback. We can we can we can deal from there. So I'll, I'll leave this one up to you. Keith Marshall's in the mix, Braxton Miller, but Braxton Miller is probably a, more of a pickup, and Keith Miller might be a better for our team because he's a handcuff. But it's just uh, the question of whether we have so many running backs that uh, we should kind of focus in on a a wide receiver. I am going to give you a bit of a Lone Ranger cliffhanger like from the old days because I want to tell you folks two things. I want to remind you, if you're starting a new league and Lord knows this is the time of year to do so, you know what? D-Rex is a friendly fella. He's going to give you 10 bucks for starting a new league. Go to LeagueSafe.com forward slash Pyro. That's P-Y-R-O. You can get all the details, but essentially I'm going to tell you all you got to do. You got to have five unique email addresses, five paying members, and you got to have, I believe it's uh, 300 bucks in the account. Do those two little things, and they're going to give you 10 bucks for doing it. They put it right into your account. They handle all the transactions. They handle your delinquent buddy who lives on your couch and, and he's couch surfing, and you can never get a hold of him. They are going to handle all the messy stuff, right? Nobody wants to send that email or make that phone call. Dude, come on. It's been a couple weeks. We got to, you know, the season's over. You got to pay. Don't worry about that. Let LeagueSafe do it. They're going to pay it out at the end of the year, and they're going to give you 10 bucks. Go to LeagueSafe.com forward slash pyro. Now, I want you guys to think about that and think about this. Trivia question number three for Uzbekistan. This year, 2015, this past year, there was a team that entered the annals, that entered the NFL record books. In fact, they allowed 45 passing touchdowns. This was the most ever, the most passing touchdowns ever allowed by a defense. Which team allowed an NFL history league high 45 passing touchdowns? Think about that as you listen to this. Stay with us. All right, Pyromaniacs, welcome back. If you are interested in a paid subscription service that's going to help you navigate the treacherous waters of the fantasy football season, look no further. Pyro Pro has got your back. You can sign up for 365 days of access. You get player rankings, write-ups, news feeds. You can ask us questions. Heck, do it now. You can ask us uh, dynasty questions, draft questions. It's a fantastic deal. Uh, you get a resource toolbox. You can follow up to 100 players. All kinds of cool stuff for a Pyro Pro membership. Information is available at pyromaniac.com. We left you hanging with question number three. That was which team allowed an NFL high 45 passing touchdowns? This is NFL league history high. 45 passing touchdowns this past season. D-Rex, what do you think, sir? I think the defensive coordinator now is with the Buffalo Bills, and I think it's the <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Uh, let up more touchdowns than anybody ever before. Ding, ding, ding. Now, sir, lightning round. And for the one-way trip to Uzbekistan, sandwiched in between lovely Kazakhstan and Turkmenistan. <laughs> the trip to Uzbekistan can be yours if you can tell me which record did they break. So which team held the past record for the most amount of passing touchdowns ever given up. Wow, oh, that's, a, that's a tough one. I'm going to go. It's a toughie. It's a shot in the dark. It's a shot in the dark for sure. But I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with the New York Giants. Do I have to give the year? Well, it, 
Yes, you would, but well, I'm going to put you up. I'm going to get you off the hook because it was not the Giants. It was the Denver Broncos. 1963, uh, they gave up 40 passing touchdowns. Now, we're talking what? Wow. Four, 14 games they played back then? Jeez, we're talking, you know, quarterbacks are, are not throwing with the, the dead, rapidity dead, they're doing dead today. Ball, dead ball era. Yeah, how did the 1963 team give up 40 passing touchdowns? That's insane. They must have had a coaching uh, a defense coordinator. It's like, all right, we're doing, we're going to do the 10-2. <laughs> yeah. We're going to stop them before they can uh, get back line. in the pocket. It's goal line every play. <laughs> yes, that was the Broncos back then. And yet, look at them this year. They won the championship. Unbelievable. Sorry, Carolina fans. That, All right. Is, is there any information, and I'll make this quick, but is uh, is Tlaib, any information on him? Did he shoot himself in the leg? Is he all right? Is he going to get suspended? Haven't heard anything about the suspension. Uh, minor in and out uh, is what happened with uh, the incident. Minor in and out of going to the hospital. Nothing major. To me, it sounds like a uh, Plaxico Burris situation. Yeah. Um, I think Plexico, I don't know if he set precedent, and if he did, it's not good for Tlaib, but I think that was kind of an overreaction, and considering what NFL players are facing today, this is rather minor, uh, but the league has not voted, as far as I know, as of right now, or at least Roger Goodell has not met. He usually takes a, a little bit to get all his facts in order, uh, hear from the, the police report, hear from the coaching staff, hear from everybody. That's why it takes him so long to make a decision on this. Um, but I know he was in and out of the hospital. I know it was minor. I know it is not affecting his play per se, but as far as the outcome, as far as the slap on the wrist, or is it going to be jailed, you know, in, in the NFL, that has not been decided. Cool. All right. We are down to the last pick because we're not doing defense and we're not doing kickers. We kind of left you folks hanging. The uh, Lone Ranger cliffhanger, will he make it or will he not? Um, which is, by the way, I'm pretty sure where cliffhangers got started. Those uh, serial uh, shows, they would they would play it on a Saturday and they would get the kids to come back the next Saturday. And it was with the Lone Ranger. And literally, he would be hanging from a cliff with his hat on, even though it's breezy which was always amazing, never lost his hat, uh, literally hanging from a cliff, and then they would start the next week's episode with him hanging from the cliff, thus the name. All right, uh, you mentioned a couple names. Now, I like a Braxton Miller. I think you and I are very high on him, but he might be, he might be the kind of guy they got Will Fuller. They got Jalen Strong, who, you know, he had a Hail Mary pass at the end of last year that, that did well for him. I know they invested in him and they want to see him do well, but Will Fuller's there. There's, there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen, I guess. And to me, Braxton Miller is a kind of guy that I think you could scoop off waiver wire. So if it's between a Braxton Miller and if it's between a Marshall, who I also believe you could scoop off waiver wire, but Marshall only because he could be our handcuff guy. Now, we, we've got Matt Jones. We always say, though, don't take a... Uh, Oh, I don't know, uh, Kendall Wright. But, of course, Kendall Wright could have a better year. Uh, maybe I'm He's gone. using it. Uh, yeah, right. I, I'm saying that type of player. Bolden, we often Nate say, 
Yeah, and in Washington, we often and I, I do think Kendall Wright's going to have a better year than a lot of people think, but not a great year. Uh, we often say don't take one of those guys. Is there anybody? I mean, Miller is one of those guys that really could hit it out of the park, right? But I think you might be able to get him on waiver wire. Is there anybody else we're overlooking? Because I want to remind folks, that's what you want. You don't want a Nate Washington. You don't want a guy that has a ceiling of 800 yards on the season in, in five touchdowns because those guys are a dime a dozen. You want to get a guy who might be able to put up over you know, 1,200 yards and, and double-digit touchdowns, who might be able to grab that grass uh, brass ring. And, and one of the things that I'll, I'll say here is, you don't want to have too many rookies, so yep. that would be my negative on Braxton. And also, if you do go in and, and right here we grab a Braxton, which I'm not against, you got to understand that you kind of got to give him some weeks. If he's your first guy off your bench and you're dropping him for your first pickup, then it, it could be what happened to me last year with the uh, Buck Allen. I, I drafted a Buck Allen, thought he was going to be great, but he just didn't do anything really those first six, seven weeks. And then I had to go and grab him for someone else and I dropped him. And then literally at that moment, he starts performing. So if you are, if we are going to take a guy like Braxton Miller and be in a real league, we have to be able to say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, the reason why we draft this guy is we're going to hold on to him. He's a long-term play. We're not thinking that week one, all of a sudden, this guy's going to be Anquan Bolden in week one of his, Arizona Cardinal uh, days, but I do think he's a more talented, more athletic, faster, um, a better version of Anquan Bolden. Remember, he was a quarterback for Ohio State, and he's had one year at the college level of being a wide receiver. Some of the best plays you'll see on game film from last year's NCAA are some of the plays that he made, uh, but is he going to last long enough? So I'm going to give this one over to you. I love a Braxton Miller. If you think it's better for us to do a Keith Marshall, I think that's a little heavy on running back for us. But at the same time, as Braxton Miller is a real shot in the dark. You know, it's just this guy. I think I think I like him almost more for a dynasty league yeah. than I do for a league like this. I think he's going to have a great career. But do I think he's going to, you know, put up more than 600 yards this year? No. Um, do I think that hopefully he can make some big plays happen and have a small sample size of a couple pretty solid games as a rookie with that depth at, uh, at the receiving core? Yeah, I do. But I, w I, don't, I don't think as much as I love him, I don't want to kid anyone into thinking that this guy is going to be, uh, you know, a top 35 wide receiver. Well, you know, this is kind of the beautiful thing. At this point in the podcast right here, what you and I are talking about, nobody covers this. Everybody covers uh, the top five rounds or the top 12 uh, quarterbacks, the top 12 wide receivers. Well, you know what? You've got one crack at the top 12 wide receivers. Yep. We're talking about guys you've got, what, 14 cracks at. Not that you're going to, you know, swing early on this, but this is really where the good conversation happens. This is where leagues can be won, not lost, but they can be won if you make that right choice. And, again, you're playing for number one. You're not playing to get a Nate Washington, to have a solid season, to finish fourth in total points. You're playing to freaking knock it out of the park. I'm talking 
the natural at the end of the season, at the end of the movie when he swings and he, boy, that thing connects with the lights and they're shattering. Barbara Hershey is, is wishing oh, she hadn't shot him and was still having sex with him. You know, don't date women that show up to the date with a black veil. I mean, that should have been a big tip right there. And yet he goes into the room like, hey, what's going on? Why is it dark in here? I got a big tip for you there, Black Veil Girl. Bum, 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 bum. All right. Uh, A couple names I wrote down because I think this is is the conversation that really benefits folks here. Uh, And I just want to get your take. And actually, some of this is what we talked about in in Scotch Fishbowl. I love a Braxton Miller. I I, I love what he can do. However, I just think you're going to be able to get him off the waiver wire. And if Braxton Miller does do something, it's not going to be in the first couple weeks. It's just not. So he's going to be waiver wire guy. If somebody ends up drafting him, they're going to drop him because it's not going to be in the first week. So you want a waiver wire, or you you want a guy that's not going to be available on the waiver wires, right? Because why draft him? So I think Braxton Miller might be waiver wire fodder. I think he could be great waiver wire fodder. What about here's just a couple names. Uh, Ruben Randall. I've been hearing a lot of good stuff from him in camp. He, he's probably going to start, and Lord knows with the Aguilar situation, that is very up in the air. I don't know if, one, the police are going to do anything. He's you know accused of rape. I don't know if the police are going to do anything, and let alone I don't know if Roger Goodell is going to do anything. Uh, on that team, they got Jordan Matthews, Aguilar. Ruben Randall's already slated for number three. So let's just say, in three wide receiver sets, he's out there. Let's just say Aguilar goes... He goes away, Ruben Randall pops up. Now, I've never been a fan of Ruben Randall. Lord knows Py- Pyro's talked about him years past, and he just never kinds of puts up. But I'm saying that's interesting because he could hit early. I'm also saying uh, Kenny Britt, I know you're not going to like it because we talked about it in Scott Fishbowl. He's the number one guy. I know he's the number one guy on probably the worst offense with a rookie quarterback, but he is a number one wide receiver. That's available round 14. I don't know if Kenny Britt, he's got the talent, at least one point he did. I don't know if he's going to knock it out of the park, though. I'm just saying the situation to consider number one on the depth chart. Number one, Kenny Britt, 14th round, he's there. I also, looking at a Malcolm Mitchell, although with the Brady situation, and also uh, Malcolm Mitchell's a rookie, I I love the New um, uh, New England, but there might just be too many red flags there. Brady's not going to be there. They're going to be conservative those first couple weeks, and he's a rookie, uh, maybe too many flags. But what do you think about any of those guys? I'm not a Ruben Randall guy, just not. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, I think. I got one other one. Go, go. Zach Zenner, I know you don't want to do running backs, but I'm telling you, I'm on a streak here, brother, on Pyro, on podcasts. Two years ago, one of my first podcasts with you guys, I picked, this was right after Bush was just a, I forget, 13th, 14th running back. Everybody was drafting Bush at that time. I said, Bush is is not the guy uh, that you should go with Joyke Bell. Joyke Bell finished that season well ahead of Bush. Last year, who was my guy? Even after they drafted Amir Abdullah and everybody was on some Amir Abdullah train, everybody's talking to Amir. Last year, my guy was Theo Riddick. I called him early, and I got that one right, too. I'm just saying, Zenner, last preseason, he was dominating. 
if you look at running backs, I believe that had over X amount of carries running backs that, you know, didn't have just one or two blow up games. He led all yardage. Once you got over like 20 carries, he was phenomenal. And he's going to be, if you ask me, the red zone guy. Now, Zach Zenner, I, he, that's a camp I want to see. But if he starts off as the red zone guy, as the running back, he might even be able to rack up 10 touchdowns. If he is a red zone guy, he could have a big week one or week two. He might be a guy I would pick because I don't think if all goes to plan, he would be available on the waiver wire. That's the kind of guy I'd be looking for. I um I, I think that a lot of the guys right now, and this is the the balance, are 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 pickups, waiver wire guys. I think Zenner falls in that, and I, I like him. But I just think if we're gonna if we are gonna draft a running back right now, I think it should be that Keith Marshall, yeah. because it's a just literally the handcuff. And if he goes down, then all of a sudden uh, opportunity knocks. I like CJ two K a bit. Is I, I don't think CJ Procise is gone. Um, which I, I don't mind that one, but I think we're fine at running back. So wide receiver, one of the things that I was reading today that I was excited to hear and, and kind of it doesn't represent itself right now on my tiers, but again, I didn't update my tiers based on today for this draft. I would for my main drafts, but Devontae Adams. Number yeah, three, uh, they say yeah. he looks good. He's the number three guy on Aaron Rodgers. Everyone thinks this offense is the best thing ever. Is Janice really anything more than a, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting one to me. Devontae, he actually had some great moments as a rookie. When he had to be the number two last year, it didn't look great for him. He looked slow. He looked a little bit unathletic. He looked, he he didn't look like the kind of guy that in pads was going to make a difference, but the whole thing changes when you get, uh, you know, Jordy back in the mix. So that's a guy that I would think of. Stephon Diggs is still available. I'm down with that program. Braxton Miller, Tyler Boyd, Chris Connolly. That's that's kind of where I would go. Let's let's grab a tight. Let's grab a wide receiver. Um, would be my guess. You you were nice enough to say to, to have us grab a tight end. You don't want to grab an ex quarterback, and I, I don't think we should really either. Um, but maybe we should stick with the wide receiver. If you if you love a Keith Marshall as a handcuff, amen, go for it. If not, who do we think our our best last pick at the wide receiver position could be? Well, uh, another guy I'd, I'd just throw out because we're doing this for the benefit of the pyromaniacs out there would be Richard Matthews. He's a guy, again, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Uh, they're going with exotic smash mouth, which I looked up on Wikipedia and it is not a European cover band. Apparently <laughs> it is, it, it is indeed an offense run by Mr. Malarkey, but, uh, on Tennessee, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And you know, last year, once Malarkey took over, once he took over, DGB was getting a, nearly 18% of the target share. Um, TJ Hernandez did a really good study. He looked at Malarkey's past history. There's only been one time in a Malarkey system that a wide receiver did not account for at least 25% of the market share. And nobody got there under Malarkey last year, but DGB led the charge. Although, is it coach speak 
that they're saying uh, DGB's not even slated to start? Is it coach speak? They're trying to motivate him? I don't know. That's a camp I want to see. But regardless, Rashard Matthews is going to be starting. Regardless, Rashard Matthews had a fantastic year last year. Um, Rashard Matthews in, in 2015... He did far better than most people had pegged him for, right? 662 receiving yards, according to Roto-Wire, four touchdowns, 61 targets, 43 receptions. Um, that would be another guy I would bring up, but, you know, Braxton Miller, if we're talking home run hitter, I think Braxton probably has the highest ceiling out of all of this. Let's 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 do that, because I think with Rashard Matthews, I think the one thing that you mentioned earlier is that one of the worst Vegas teams for wins and points and all that stuff is the Titans. I feel yeah, like but... a lot more they're going to be doing it is they they focus they focus this offseason on their running game. Where a year ago they literally had the worst rushing attack of all time. Uh, but that bodes well for for Matthews. If they're slated to win five point five games, that means they're going to be forced to throw they're not going to be able to run what, what did uh the quarterback Marietta say hey if, if it's going to win I'll hand the ball off 40 times well you know what they are not going to be in that opportunity they're going to be down Vegas doesn't have them winning six games when you're down you throw that would bode well for Richard sure. Matthews so ga- game script wise I mean it, correct me if I'm wrong but last time I checked a first quarter touchdown counts as much in fantasy as a garbage time touchdown. Look at what Bortles did last year, some garbage time, some of those shootouts. We could see a Tennessee kind of doing something like that. At the very least, I think it's safe to say they're going to be passing far more than they say they're going to be running. Just look at Vegas. I agree. Less than six wins. They're going to have to pass. I agree with you. Stephon Diggs, he's number two. Tyler Boyd. Is he a number two? Go to your uh, your depth chart screen that you were on before. Is, is Boyd the number two in, in Cincinnati now? Uh, in Cincinnati, is right now, according to Roto Wire, they've got, of course, A.J. Green, they've got Brandon LaFell, and then they've got Boyd as the third wide receiver. Okay. I'm going to let you do – so who's – Diggs is the number two in, with the Vikings, right? In Indian Minnesota, once one. again – once again, according to Roto-Wire, Lord knows where you can go to get stuff. But according to Roto-Wire, they got Stefan Diggs. Treadwell is slated as two. Jerry's uh, right is three. So Charles, John- Charles Johnson to four. Cordero Patterson back to five. Yeah. I would say that that says that Diggs is the only guy that's a wide receiver that's still available that is slotted as a wide receiver one. Kenny Britt. I like, I, I like it Diggs more. I, I do, too. I do, too. And I, I, so I would say if we're thinking about that, like, let's, let's go with the wide receiver one. He's got a, a treadwall on the other end. You've got the beast of the East um, in AP all day, Bridgewater going into his third season. What do you think? I mean, I think well, Braxton, I, I think it digs a better pick than a Braxton Miller, I, even though if I was on the clock and was actually going to make this pick, in a Stephon really? Diggs is Stephon Diggs is gone. He's gone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Round round eleven. I I think we got to go Braxton Miller. Okay. Uh, I, although I would say we need to get uh, Marshall as a handcuff. We only have four wide receivers. Let's do it. We need another one, and we might be able to pick up a Marshall 
if we need. We've got five yeah. wide receivers, don't we? We've got Odell, Brandon, Sammy, and Moncrief. That's it. Wow. All right. So we need a wide receiver. I love it. I love our team, dude. To be honest, it's it's very. I do too. It's it, it's it's crazy the kind of running back value we were able to provide get later. Now I uh, apparently I did slate this for 16 rounds. I'm guessing. Uh, not sure why. I, I said we cut it off here because that's what we said. Uh, the draft wizard is going for more. So I, I probably yeah I probably set it for. Um, a couple extra rounds. I tried to set it for 14, but faux pas on my part. But uh, I say we post this up on um, the, the free and let, let folks take a look. Absolutely. Um, you know, let folks see because, dang, man, if my MFL 10s look like this, I'd be a happy man. Right. Let's, let's, let's run it down. From top to bottom, we only went 14 picks. Once again, quarterback two running backs, three wide receivers, a flex that includes tight end and a tight end. That's all we were focused on. Didn't look at court or uh, defense. Didn't look at kickers. We took Odell Beckham, Brandon cooks, Sammy Watkins. First running back came in the fourth round, Ryan Matthews. Then we went back to Adante Moncrief. Then we hit it up with Matt Jones, Frank Gore, Jonathan Stewart, Charles Sims. Again, this is PPR. And that that's our, so we're at round nine. So, Round six through now uh, round nine, we got four running backs: Matt Jones, Frank Gore, Jonathan Stewart, and Charles Sims. That See, is that is unbelievable. That's that sweet spot I was telling you about. And I, of course, the the podcast that went into the ether was wide receivers uh, four through ten. Not too long ago, with um, Duke and the boy, we talked running backs six through ten. There is just far more running backs uh, in, in those middle rounds than there are wide receivers, and I think our draft shows that. Yep. As you said, rounds six uh, six through nine, Matt Jones, Frank Gore, Johnson Stewart, Charles Sims. That's phenomenal. Plus, we got Ryan Matthews. We were considering all those, literally all those running backs, yeah. except for Sims. We knew we could get him a little later. On that four slot when we took Ryan Matthews. And that's considering we went basically zero RB. We took Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Sammy Watkins for our first three, and we've got a Moncrief. We're solid. Wow. Then at round 10, we took our, our quarterback, uh, Kirk Cousins. Then we took round 11, our first of two tight ends, Antonio Gates. We came back with a Devontae Booker, Dave T. Thomas, favorite in Denver. Took a second tight end, another Dave D. Thomas favorite, Clive Walford in 13, and we finished it up with a home run hitter. We all agree that it's a pyro mantra to swing for the fences. You don't want a Nate Washington who's going to give you blah, blah, blah. You want a guy who can hit quick and, and uh, sh swing for the fences, and that's a Braxton Miller. Love it, man. This is a great team. I'm excited to uh, take a screen grab of it. Send me that. Uh, I actually... Um... I love this. This was fun. You know, it's, it's amazing when you get the different insight from a smart person like yourself. We all have our favorites. We it overlaps the Venn diagram and the sweet spot in the middle sometime comes together. But at the end of the day, uh, you give in and you give out. And when you're when your uh, your teammate is in love with someone, you say, all right, this guy loves him. I don't, I, I don't love, I don't love the, the pick that I want as nearly as much as this guy does right now. And, um, you know, again, get it on the flip side where when you're like, dude, I really want this guy, 
be that teammate that says, you know what? All right, here you go, buddy. This is the way that's, that's camaraderie. That's teammate. That's being, uh, you know, sharing is caring and all that good stuff. So I think it was a good way for us to talk through coming out of the four spot. Good way to see a league. And I mean, this is an eye opener for me where, God damn, I mean, we went wide receiver uh, with four of our first five picks. And I love our wide receivers, but I feel equally as in love with our running backs. And that's amazing. Yeah, it, doing it this way is cool. We've done in the past where we, we get a bunch of guys and we all draft the spots, uh, 1 through 12. A couple of times we have uh, two teams, but this way we really get to hash it out and, and talk. Hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? And really, this is truly pulling it the curtain back, allowing people to get a feel. Because when people are there and you listen to a mock draft show, you're listening to all the positions. And it and it can become kind of hard to, to really focus in. Here, you're focused in on one slot, the fourth slot. These are the positions that we're looking at. These are the dilemmas we have. We talk it out for the audience. And to be honest, for me as well, because I, I changed some stuff. I'm going to be moving my tears around. I think I'm going to be moving Cousins up. Um, I might be moving Rivers down a little bit. We we had that uh, discussion. I, I, this was great for my tears, and I think for, for listeners, this was fantastic. You know what we should do? A couple of weeks, maybe come back and do ninth, tenth spot or something like that. Yeah. Where we're going to be talking about totally different guys. Absolutely. And I, the thing I got out of this more than anything else uh, is the fact that Go get those wide receivers early because yeah. in that in that uh, zone like we did, that 4 to 10 zone, there's actually a lot of talent. And we know that yeah. that position has got injuries. We know that position's had a lot of busts through the first two, three rounds over the course of the last three, four years. And, wow, to see Matt Jones, who I love, in six, Frank Gore, who I love, in seven, Jonathan Stewart, uh, in the eighth, it's crazy. And uh, Sims, who I think is in this format even more so, just amazing. So I love, I, I'm, I, and that's kind of what you were driving when we first started. You're like, I think we just got to get these wide receivers, these wide receivers. I'm like, all right, but that comes at the cost of the running backs, does it? And I, I went with that. We were talking beforehand because yeah. we, we kind of talked, hey, I want to do the fourth spot because I've been drafting these MFL 10s. You kind of hit this lull round four or five with wide receivers and running backs really flourish. Everybody's talking about that zero RB. Let's do do the opposite. So we really did it. We went with four. I think you could even go in the first five uh, because to me, I, I might change my tiers right now. I've got Antonio and Julio and Odell all in the first blob there, the first tiers. I could even see moving in A.J. Green. I, I'd be happy with him in the fifth spot, to be honest with you. And I think it works out beautiful. Now, it worked out really well for us today, but I think <laughs> this is a, a strategy a lot of people are going to turn to. Here's a bit of a roadmap, and I'd love to revisit this at, at spot 9 or 10 in, in a week or two. Let's do it. I'm happy to oh. – I'll do a, I'll do a, another one of these with you. Uh, and. Middle or end of next week. Let's do it. Let's do it. I like it. Uh, I'm sorry to say, brother, you're not going to be going to uh, Uzbekistan. It was very, very close. <laughs> but uh, I'll have a few questions lined up for you next time. Uh, of course, with these trips, you're, you're talking, you're riding, you know, chickens are flying around in, in, the, in the plane. You might have a donkey or two, you know, uh, sitting next to you. But, hey, I'm going to get you there. 
And uh, and I'm still trying to figure out a way to get to the Mile High Club. So uh, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, one of my teams from last year. Uh, Houdini inspired, I believe, with the, oh, uh, the solo. What was it? The yeah. solo guy in the Mile High? Mile High with the solo guy. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Getting getting in the Mile High Club all by yourself. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast, episode forty. And with my good friend D Rex, it's I had a great time, man. I had a Me great too. time. Me too. Love you. Love everything you're doing. You came on board with us about uh, three years ago. So this will be your third or fourth season, and what you've done with this Pyro Podcast Light bringing in uh, unbelievable names across the industry and just weekly basis and the uh, the passion and the uh, dedication that you show to this podcast. I'm uh, indebted to you and, and, and hyper impressed. And you are the man to have three kids, to be a full-time teacher, to be a guy that actually has a life also and goes out and hangs out with his buddies for a beer and can take a West Coast trip or take the family on a camping trip. I mean, you are just a, uh, you are truly a renaissance man. You are a jack of all trades. It's impressive the amount of work and the amount of things, not work, the amount of things, work, play, what have you, you are able to pull out of a day slash week slash month slash year. And uh, Mo, you continually impress me, buddy. Well, I certainly appreciate it. And we, you know, we got a great crew. You have assembled a great crew crew you're the glue you're the guy that sort of uh, motivates us and contacts us and have had this vision that you've you know put your life into of course houdini uh stags you know dogmatica uh and then we've got such great people along the way people coming on board people that have been there kenia uh gonna be back for write-ups of course oc has been in the mix we've got archer doing some fantastic stuff lately just mind-blowing stuff steven wilt coming on board doing some fantastic things. We got write-up guys, Fairway K, of course, Stiff Kitty we talked about, PK, Ripper, Val Verde. Uh, the, the pyro mind share continues to grow. Forgive me if I've forgotten anyone. I'll give a couple it, names out. I'll give the, uh, you know, we got uh, the pyro stash doing the oh, illustrations. Yeah. Totally. Which is awesome. Goodness and gracious. Justin Height is working his butt off on, yeah. on the pyro characters and, He's a guy that I, you know, behind the scenes, you guys don't have to interact with them too much because it's not content for the fantasy football. But both those guys from the visual and aesthetic side of things have done huge, huge things. And then obviously our development team uh, in Harshad and Shirag are guys that I uh, just we have the utmost respect for. Always there making sure our site gets to the next level. Our site is now responsive. It looks great on a smartphone where a year ago it didn't. And uh, hats off to everyone. It's just been great talking to a couple other people uh, above and beyond the ones mentioned that uh, are considering coming on. But, you know, it's been really awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I hear all the time from a lot of people in the industry how fantastic 
the site looks. So, you know, that goes to uh, you put it up on Google or 92 out of 100 for being dynamic and uh, changing whether you're looking at it on an iPad, a phone, a laptop, a desktop, whatever it changes. It's beautiful. And then, of course, Justin Height and Pyro Stash, the graphics. I mean, that's what one thing that really sets us apart. We are a, pyro, a fantasy football site with soul. But the graphics, the way it comes off the page, a lot of that has to do with, with Stash. I mean, uh, Alan Robinson using the, the graphics on his Twitter account. Uh, Justin Hunt with the characters that he does. That is what so many people notice. And uh, just fantastic work from those guys. And I'm, I'm sure if, if I've forgotten you, please do not hesitate to uh, hit me up on Twitter or one of the other ways. Send a pigeon my way. Uh, attach a note. But uh, I will make it up to you, and, and my apologies, because I know I am a small piece of the, I'm a small cog in the giant pyro wheel, and I'm honored to be in the mindshare. So I certainly don't want to diminish anybody's work here. I'm on my third Valverde, uh, going with uh, the shorts Humalubalicious. So please hit me up, and I will, I will make it up to you twofold on the next couple shows. I friggin' but love you, buddy. I love you. Great show, good times. I think we, uh, I think we. Came out of that draft. Let's make sure you uh, take a screen grab. We'll put it in. We came out of that draft. I haven't looked closely enough to say, uh, compare us to the other people, but I'd say that we have the best team. By far. We're going to put up a screen grab. Uh, I'm going to doctor that up. I am visually checking that we are still recording, so Lord knows that won't happen again. Uh, but it's interesting to hear from other people in the industry how that has all happened to all of us. All of us. We are human Lord knows I am human and I'm reminded of it in my wife's face on a daily basis. Uh, but folks and D-Rex, it's certainly been my pleasure. And we, as always, will catch you on the flip side. Welcome, this is a farmhouse. We have cluster flies alas. And this time of year is bad.
Yeah.